Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Longest-running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests, and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine, and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello everybody and welcome along to a very special and now traditional episode of Midweek Motorsport just after 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time and the reason that that's important is because if I look slightly to my left I'm looking down at the support pits and down towards Turn 1 at Road Atlanta for this year's Motul Patilamon. The coverage starts right here just after 8 o'clock in the UK John Hindhoff and the team with you for the usual two hours of, well, nonsense, quite frankly, most of the time. Uh, Interspersed with some people who know what they're talking about this week because we've got some special guests coming in. Tim Gray is over and up in London. Good evening, Tim. Good evening, John. I'm a bit loud, aren't I? Panic for for a moment there. I thought we were going to get a longer delay than usual. Um, We have cut down the satellite delay. Tim has been beavering away on that, we've shortened the piece of string. Uh, we've managed to find it's a, it's the reason why the Millennium Falcon actually could do the Kessel Run in around about 12 parsecs, because a parsec obviously isn't a measurement of time; it's a measurement of distance. So he was it was normally 18 parsecs. It's a very but long had, distance, though. Yes, it is a very. It's 3.27 million light years, I think, the parsecs. Something it, like it's that, so that long, in fact, that uh, distance and time become one. They bend together. But anyway, they could do that because they were effectively taking a shortcut. And you can't shortcut time unless you're Colin Brown, who may well be on the show later on uh, tonight. On a packed programme this afternoon. But we'll really? not go into quantum physics tonight. The space time continuum right now. Yeah. No, probably best not to. On a packed programme tonight or this afternoon, if you're here uh, at the track. Or tomorrow morning. On, oh, well, yes, actually, I'd better. I'll, Third, four, five, four, just up, just in case there is anybody listening on that. Uh, what do we have, Tim? Well, we have all the usual features. We'll have some Excellent. news. We'll have some special guests. You've already uh, tempted us with one of those. Uh, we have our regular contributors. Uh, some of them, at least. Uh, I think we have quite a lot of them, although okay. not all of them all the time. Uh, I know that one of them has to disappear half an hour into the show and maybe back later on. It's uh, we might have a press release of the week. We'll have some things that really? Nick likes, some things that Nick dislikes. Nick doesn't like, yeah, okay. Um, and we'll be get talking in touch about with some us. young people. Excellent. We'll have some tweets And get as well. in touch with us. Yes, tweets as well. Uh, at Specutainment. Let's kick off with a, a little bit of, uh, of housekeeping. See what we've got tonight. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, yes, Woolly in tonight. Coffee's made, sitting down, ready and ready, waiting. No AFAs 
from James Counter this evening. He is uh, double-checking last week's lab report and preparing for a whole day in the labs tomorrow. Okay, fine. Uh, Michael Denny has got a brilliant uh, snapshot, literally, from the Force India accounts, which I'm sure we'll we be talking talk about, about later. later. Yes, uh, uh, outstanding. Michael, very impressed uh, with that. We talked a little bit about it last week, if you remember. No, you won't, because uh, you weren't on the show last week. Nick Damon and I will remember that. No, well, the, the thing was that um, I only listened to bit the bit. podcast, and some of that wasn't in there. Uh, right turn lover hurrying home on a bus. Uh, I can report that the gender of the bus driver, the chasey or it, probably has one. And uh, he'll be back on his sofa in time. Oh, but is uh, it Fran one of those buses that uh, was driven by a monkey for ten minutes? Ah. Have you not seen that story? Uh, no, I think it was in Indonesia. Uh, a bus driver let a monkey take control for ten minutes, and no passengers complained. The driver's been suspended. It looks like that's a cost-cutting measure from the bus company. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Fran Blaisdell, interested to hear your views on a new series launched today. Uh, I'm not sure I'm qualified to give any views on it at all, to be honest, Fran. Uh, I'll, I'll direct anybody who wants to know about that new series to what Pippa Man has put in a blog. Like, uh, very eloquently. Uh, Lounge's car, no AFAs. Still in celebration mode. So champagne for breakfast, acceptable, right? Question mark. It does mean, of course, that Lounge's car will have to go to uh, to Las Vegas in the week before all the big races from now on. That's what happened last week. Rob Jainer is on the podcast this week. He's driving uh, to Silverstone for the LMP3 Cup this weekend, and that's when he'll be listening to us. Safe journeys, Rob. Very good. Uh, and uh, can we also remind everybody to keep the hashtag PPVI2PLM mileage guests, guesses coming in, please, uh, because we are going to leave that open. I'll give you more details of that as we go through. Uh, and if you haven't guessed team. yet, All right. All then... Right. Uh, yeah. Episode 5 of Hindy's American Road yes. Trip is on immediately after us at 10 o'clock tonight, and that may well give you some clues uh, as to how much distance he's covered. Uh, let's do this, yeah. though. Happy he's 95 years old today. Unless you're very much mistaken. I'm not very much mistaken. It's actually true. <laughs> Murray Walker celebrates his 95th birthday today. Yeah, very good. He's not the only person uh, in motorsport who has a birthday today, though. Right, OK. Who else? Do you remember Roger Yasukawa? Yes. He's only 41. I thought he'd be older than that. Why do I know that name? Uh, why do you know that name? He did uh, IndyCar. He did some Grand yes. Am. Thank you. Um, Thank you. He did Toyota Atlantic originally. I'm trying to think if he did one of the early LMS races as well. He has done he no LMS as far here. as I can see. Uh, okay. He did do some Formula Palmer Audi. Ah, just as we were talking about it earlier on. Uh, and also uh, 44 years old today, uh, yep. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Mm-hmm. 44, got a wide. If he doubles that, that would be his race number, obviously. He's halfway Maybe there. Not. Uh, Shall we go to the news? Shall we do that then? All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. 
He's the most dangerous person I've ever raced. Not my words, but the words of Pierre Gasly. Nick Damon's our Formula 1 correspondent. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, John. Good evening, Tim. And give me the correct cue and I'll give you what you want. Uh, we are, of course, starting with Formula 1. Hooray! Yes, it's uh, the Kevin Magnussen show of petulant driving and wandering over the track. He is and always will be stupid. He's not popular, is he? They're the he words of uh, Charles Leclerc. Yes. Do we need to talk about Kevin? Then? Apparently we do. See, the problem with Kevin Magnussen is he's, he's had a very good season, being very kind of aggy. Um, and he's got involved in that close uh, proximity fighting in the midfield. And sometimes it's gone wrong for the uh, other drivers. And they've right. got all stroppy about it. So, let me ask you a question, John. Yes. What is the difference between Kevin Magnussen's defence and Max Verstappen's defence? <sighs> uh, don't forget, Max is feisting a champion of the future. But no, Kevin's mad. Mm. It's just who he's fighting with and how often. Well, the, who, who was it who run up the tail of them when they were going down into turn one? Leclerc. Leclerc. Tis I. Right. Well, I, I need to take exception with how that's being described because all of the commentators that I heard, and I had to watch the Grand Prix the wrong way around. I watched the second half first and the first half second. Um, after a bit of a big night out and I got in so late, I missed the first 30 laps. Sorry. Um, but then I watched it the next day. All right. Just to catch up. Um, and clearly I'd missed the best bit while I was out. Yes. Uh, all the commentators that I heard was talking about him moving around in the braking zone. And then... In the next breath, saying, oh, here's Hamilton coming down the first corner. Of course, you don't uh, break for that anymore. It's just flat out. Well, it's not flat out. He's off. Well, but it's not a braking zone, is it? Mm. So he's allowed to defend. Zone. Mm. Uh, I, you know, he moved across. I mean, I don't think he moved twice. Um, He'd move into the path it's, of Leclerc. Leclerc's, but it's, it's, Leclerc it's got a, a rear bag, puncture it? from this. So what does that <laughs> suggest about it? He reversed um, into it. No, what it suggests is that he knocked some carbon fibre off the back of the car or the front of his car and then punctured the tyre to him. Mm. It's, uh, but the thing is, I mean, I'm not saying Kevin's the world's most considerate driver and is going to you know, be, be, instantly be inducted into the Institute of Advanced Motorist or anything, but the fact is that um, <laughs> it's, it's a very easy to moan when you're having a lot of... In, he hasn't done anything as ridiculous as Sergio Perez on the Sergei Sorokin yet. Um, no, true. And I just think it's sour grapes. I think. I mean, I, I like Leclerc. I think you know, I don't think Grosjean was was pantomime villain five years ago because, and everyone picked on him. And now because Magnussen's pantomime villain, they're picking on him. I'm not saying he's in the top three people I want to overtake, but you know, none of them is that considerate. And of course, you got to remember that because they are so tight between them, there's going to be a lot more times that one or t'other is trying to overtake the other. And the result of being overtaken is significantly more serious. Now, these are, these are drivers who literally just let the top six cars go by. So should they really get stroppy when it's hard to pass someone's trying? Mm. Yes. If you haven't made up your mind about Kevin Magnussen, you now have another two seasons in which to do so. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he's had a, he had a difficult first season with McLaren, not as difficult as stuff with Van Dorn's or anyone else's. They appear to think everyone should be Lewis Hamilton out of the box. Don't forget, they've fired Sergio Perez after a year. They've fired... Um, uh, Magnussen after a year they've Fernando Alonso only just about to held on to Fernando he's been fired after two years he's on a great place for Lando Norris should be a little bit worried um, but um, so for Lando Norris's first and final year in Formula 1 with well, McLaren well who knows but um, they are a different organisation now in that they are hopefully at some point they might get a little bit humble and stop trying to point out they're marvellous when everyone's going best chassis on the grid now. Oh, it was last year what's yes. going on this year yeah. oh hang on no it was rubbish the whole time yeah <laughs> but the, yeah uh, so 
Lando Norris uh, has been showing some humility over the weekend, hasn't he? What he's just saying that they're going to have a lot. It's a long road upwards. It's not what he said. It's what he did. He swept the long roads upwards. He gave a birthday greeting to Max. He he was very much sweeping, yes, and polishing, and doing other things, uh, cleaning up the garage after the race. No, he's working in the garage. Was he? Mm. Well, don't forget, he's he's that small. They can still set him up chimneys. Yeah, good point. And they can actually send him up the exhaust pipe. Mm. That's how small he is. I thought chimneys had been banned. Let's go up the exhaust pipe, be lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop, no, missus. No, I've got that exhaust pipe. No, no, stop. Carry on. Uh, haven't, haven't the chimneys been banned on Formula One? Uh, they have. Very good. Yeah, very good. Oh, pulling it back to F1. Yes, did well there. Uh, what happened in the race? Getting ready for the uh, RSL. What happened to the race? Um, Not well, much, really. The, uh, a microcosm of the season, really. Ferrari had a relatively quick car. Well, you've got to go back to before the start of the race if you're going to talk about the microcosm of the season. Yeah. Um, bad decisions. Bad decisions Poor on driving. the wrong tyres at the wrong time. Poor driving. By both of the cars, mm-hmm. and then a mistake caused by over eagerness. I think you know it's it, it, what we has said. We, we had this conversation. I can't remember we had the car. I think it was coming out of Belgium. I said, I think Mercedes will, bring it, will will get it close back, but I'm absolutely certain it'll go to the last race of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that was after Belgium said so that was a 17 point difference. And mm-hmm. and how wrong you've picked well, up? Well, yeah, because what's happened is Mercedes have picked up, but also. Ferrari have gone backwards. Well, I was going to say, is this? You know, we've often we've oft criticised Mercedes Benz for being tactically inept. Well, and making don't forget the wrong decisions. That everyone, we, this is not like historical. This was China this yeah, year. No, 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 I know. They got Australia wrong. Yeah. They got China yeah. wrong. They actually got Austria slightly wrong, but it didn't matter because both cars so, broke down. So my point is, is this Mercedes getting better, or is it Ferrari completely losing the plot? Now, you know, we we've documented what a difficult time it's been for Ferrari because of the loss of Sergio Marchione. And, you know, that that can't have helped. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody who is as, who is passionate about anything would would find that an easy situation I, to yeah, deal with. I think the issue, issue is, and I think it's, it's hard to discuss this without falling over um, stereotypes of nationalities. But let's just say that what the Germanic... Mercedes have done is sit down, analyse all their errors yeah. and try and work out how they can improve them, be that their operational problems, their speed to react, which is still a little bit slow, but it's got better, the issues with the car, and they've done it in a very logical way. Ferrari have made them have become completely distracted, unfortunately, entirely, I believe, due to the death of Sergio Maggioni, who was a very, very um, dictatorial in the best possible way, charismatic solid, leader. charismatic leader, leader. Mm-hmm. suddenly he's gone, massive power vacuum, everyone going, whoa, good, fighting for places, doing, you know, employing Charles Leclerc, employing Charles Leclerc, because that's what he had wanted, even though Harry Benny said he'd rather keep Kimmy for another year. Mm-hmm. So, not running with how the team wants I'm not saying it's the wrong decision, I'm just saying it's no, 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 the no, issues. No. Yeah, I see. And you kind of feel that they're all running around trying to work out where they stand in the organisation, Rather than working out how they continue the season to beat to beat Mercedes, they've had a problem with their. Vettel's made some bad choices as well. In they've fairness. had some problems with their um, upgrade package not working. The last one, um, mm-hmm. it came off the car again. So they've had, a, a, as often happens, a little bit of a drop in the development stage. There's also this situation where they have lost engine power or engine usability. Keep denying it's anything to do with the sensors that have been put on the FIA, but there's cause and effect there. So much that everybody was moaning that people knew about it, and this. Uh, complaints this is about the sensors, about using the batteries in a special way because they have two batteries rather we than We talked one. about this quite some time ago mm. where 
uh, the the way that Ferraris were punching out of corners particularly looked a very interesting and very impressive. And you spoke to one of your insiders in Formula 1, of which you have legion, none of which will ever be named. <laughs> um, uh, they are the deep chimneys uh, of Formula 1. And uh, they said, yeah, we could do that as well. But if we did it, we think it would be outside of the rules. Yeah, and I think, I think what's happened is that... You know, I, I said, I think I did it last week, week before. I think the, the FIA are tapping people on the shoulders and just gently reining them back without making a big song and dance about it, saying, "Now you've just pushed the envelope too far." Right. Um, so a number of things have happened. I think the most significant of which I'm absolutely certain is the is the bereavement the team has been feeling. And unfortunately, what you then need is a stable leader. If you haven't got the stable leadership from the uh, management, you need a stable leadership from the driver. And quite frankly, Fettel's been making. Um, more rookie errors than any of the rookies on on the the field. Yeah. Um, Do you, you think he, all of a sudden he's under pressure? We talked about him having a year or a couple of years of a, a honeymoon period. Now he's he's really got to deliver. Think, hasn't I think he? He, I think he basically, if you think about it, if he hadn't fallen off the track in uh, Germany, Germany, which was which is his major error, because um, that was a thirty-two point swing against him. Yeah. Um, he would have been. Yeah. You know, even now he'd only be thirty-five points behind, but he would have been leading up until two races ago, and and and. Ever since then, he's looked incredibly scrappy. Added the fact that the added pressure the team's got, even with a slightly faster car, they managed to lose in Hungary, they managed to lose in Italy. And it's just, you know, and if you look at this weekend, you've got the situation where the two, you know, no one, people go, oh, was it Verstappen's fault, the incident at the Spoon? Was it Vettel's fault? No, it was 100% Vettel's fault because he didn't need to do it. Mm. He, was my, already, my question. he was already past Verstappen. Verstappen had a five-second penalty. My question then. Uh, my question is: Did he know that? Had the team told him that? Yes, absolutely. Everyone knew. Can, can we have oh, an thank update? Thank you very much. Jack Chalowski's just arrived with profiteroles. <laughs> well, there we are. For, for Nick. Be, I should wait for the first. Yes, thank the, you, Jack. You've spoiled the whole show now, Jack. Down, We're getting down fourteen in my usual amount. Yes, <laughs> thirty-four. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but other than that, nothing happened. No, it was a good, good race in the midfield. Um, you know, I think there's a. There was a you know, Verstappen had his best again. It was ridiculously um, clumsy in the first lap and punted Kimi off, and then went. Well, he should have waited. Pardon, <laughs> you know. Um, waited to well, punt him off. No, yes. waited, waited to be punted off by not going past him, even though he'd fallen off the track and then well, regained the track. There was a, a very strange comment. I, I, I realise that many of you around the world now hear the Sky uh, commentary, including here in the US via the uh, the mothers sponsored coverage that has no breaks here on ESPN. If you watch the um, Channel 4 coverage, um, there was a very strange comment from David Coulthard um, about the fact that he thought Tom Christensen shouldn't be making those decisions because he absolutely thought that Kimi should have waited and allowed the uh, Verstappen car back on the track and Tom Christensen, who was the driver's steward this week, had been out of the cockpit for too long and therefore shouldn't make those those, decisions. Shouldn't make be making those decisions. What Does anybody in the world agree with what that? What is DC? Well, uh, you know, well, who what, does what DC get David paid Coulthard by? Retire. You know my opinion, DC. Well, well, who does DC get paid by? But doesn't make it known. Yes, exactly. I mean, no. If he he made a mistake on that corner, he should have rejoined and let Kimi pass, and that would been that, that was that that would been the fair thing to do to make the mistake. That, that you know, it's carrying on going or going off to regain the track. It's just completely not on. And it wasn't about as as somebody said actually uh, in a, a tweet on that I was looking at on Sunday 
during the day over here. Um, it wasn't the fact that he went off. Um, it wasn't the fact that he went off. Uh, sorry, it wasn't the fact that he hit Kimmy. That it's it's that he rejoined in a dangerous way. Um, and stupid way. Yeah, well, and you just can't do that. If you, if you, I, I realise the racing brains in there. But if you've made a mistake and gone off on the first corner, you have to try and get it back on again. The way you're not going to get a penalty, and also not hit another car. Because the fact is, he hit another car. All right, he didn't get any damage, and there's a small amount to, to Raikkonen. But you never know. If he hit another car, there's a chance something's going to break. So it's very strange. Yes. Uh, moving on, Tim, what else have you got from the Grand Prix? Well, with the sort of Damocles still dangling over <laughs> Brendan Hartley's head, helmet, mm. maybe. Hartley's, Hartley's hair. Well, it's a sword hanging over your helmet. It's not quite so worrying, is it, really? Another name. Uh, apparently there's a, there's a word for that. Another name has been mentioned by Helmut Marco as to who could be in that seat next season. Nicky Lauder? I don't know. He could be anywhere to help Marco. Which which Alex Albon. Uh, no, because Alex Albon's now got a deal on Formula E. Exactly. Mm. So do we think... Uh, Who I'd want to, to call Damien Albon, obviously, every time I see his name on the screen. <laughs> do we think Helmut's going yeah. to be disappointed now and uh, have to revert to his uh, original choice of whoever he had originally on the list? It'll be Pascal Verlein. It was get the Verlein, yes. Yeah. It'll be Verlein. Verlein's going around saying he's not taking any Formula E gigs because he wants to do F1 really badly. So basically well, he did saying, F1 really so badly yeah, the last time so he did it. <laughs> not as badly as he raced champions. Um, so what he's basically saying is that anyone who's, who's taking a Formula E gig is not serious about this, i.e. a Albon Esquire. Mm. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's Maybe a very he's more serious get, about getting paid. Well, that's it. It's, very, it's interesting that um, uh, Red Bull have got themselves into this situation with their B team. Mm. But... I still think they should get Sebastian Bramey back, but I know he's very busy, but there we go. He's yeah. got a Formula E ride and Jean-Eric Verne and other things. Right, come on, move on, move on. We've got lots to get through. We have. Uh, I've got I've got some uh, reviews to read here. Uh, okay, are they of me? We we booked a visit from <laughs> Queen Elsa and couldn't have been more pleased, says Kelly from Northamptonshire. Uh, right, excellent. I've hired the Snow Queen and Rapunzel, and I honestly 100% recommend to anyone else. That's from Nat mm -hmm. from Northamptonshire. Uh, we had yes. Rapunzel for my daughter's third birthday, says Darren from Northamptonshire. I cannot mm -hmm. describe yeah. with enough enthusiasm how fantastic it is, says Karen from Northamptonshire. What are we talking uh, about? This is all, you, you, well, it's all in the carbon fibre triangle. I think this must be Fifi. This must be Force India, Formula One, and on their account, an unpaid bill for £175 for <laughs> hireaprincess.com. Is that right? Hire a princess from a Toaster, yes. <laughs> Yes. Really? Yes. yes. Are we sure, though? Hang on, though. Are we sure <laughs> it's not an Austin Princess 1800 they've hired? Very in, good. in a very sweet place of beige. Well, how about a 1300 Princess, the old one, the front wheel drive? Oh, yes. The old Vanden Pla Princess. Oh, Vanden Pla. Vanden Pla Princess nice. 1300, absolutely. Only old sad blokes like us would think of that. Uh, this has come to light how, Tim? Uh, well, I saw it because uh, one of our listeners tweeted it. Uh, but actually, yes, first of all, Christian Silt tweeted it and... Uh, You've done a bit of digging, though, since then to find those quotes. That's very good. So what do we think? This is, is this like a children's party thing? Nick? It is, yes. Has you, BJ you, Malia got young children? Well, it may well have not been for a children's party. It may have been for a corporate event or... Why would you hire a Disney princess for a corporate event? Not necessarily a Disney There's princess. No way it could be any princess. 
mm. other princesses like, are available. Are available. The Disney ones God, are very name, popular among the God, under fives. Name a princess that an under five would be chuffed to see who's not in the Disney stable. Now you're qualified by chuffed that an under five would want Princess Grace of Monaco. <laughs> I was going to say Princess, Princess Diana. Neither. Princess Eugenie. Let's be honest. Princess oh, oh, Diana oh, and Princess oh. Grace. Neither of them have got a good driving record, have they? Oh, no. I was going to say that she's a Duchess of Cambridge uh, yeah, and the Duchess yeah. of uh, uh, Wales. Yes. The Cambridge. only place you're going to find a decent princess uh, of Wales? pretend princess is, uh, is, you know, in the Disney stable, you know. All right. Okay. Tied them all up. Don't forget they're, they're expanding. all of them. They have bought them up and they've also expanded them as well. The definition of princess got much wider. Right. To more. Yeah, well. Um, Pocahontas Snow Queen. Well. Snow Queen Moana's in it as well. Princess. Yeah, Moana out who, of Moana is. Who was that's, the that's one actually, in Mulan? You're pronouncing that wrong. That's Mona. Is it? Okay. Mulan? Yeah. Mulan. Yeah. Mulan. She's the she's Japanese hmm? character. Yeah, so basically, it, it, what they've decided to do is they're going to empower every single female character they have. And what they're going to do, they're going to run them in a completely separate set of films. Because hmm. that's how you should treat women. Put them separately. Stop it. You leave that alone right stopping now. It at all. I'm just Stop making it. a statement. Yeah, if you were also thinking it was an Austin princess, we all do. Yes. Certainly, I think there, so. there was a very Don't good uh, documentary on the BBC at the weekend, which looked at uh, Austin princesses. Uh, uh, well, British the Lady. Austin Allegro uh, was one of the featured cars, and obviously all aggro. That that uh, that didn't go so well, and uh, the Quartic steering wheel. Years can ahead I, of can its I time. Can I just point out that I went to, I went to the cinema? Can I, do, can I do a film review for you? Yes, go on. Got the music. I, went, I, went to see the new, I went to see the new Johnny English film. Yes, and stars, he turns up. He yes. has. He turns up for his uh, reintegration into MI7 in a Triumph Dolomite sprint in the same green colour my Triumph Dolomite That's why you wanted to Dolomite. Literally, that point I realised there was a Triumph Dolomite sized hole in my life. He also had to use another Aston Martin from his own stable because Aston won't give him one to put in the movie. Well, there has been a few insurance claims with with Mr. Atkinson. Uh, Anyway, you're listening to Midweek Motorsport. Oh, it's it's quite funny. Right, okay, good. Uh, It's coming up to half past eight in the UK. That's nearly half past three here in Atlanta. We've got overcast skies, but a little bit of blue just blowing through. Uh, Hurricane Michael on its way, apparently, which may cause some issues uh, through the... Early part of the week. Uh, oh, sorry, the later part of the week. I was going to say it's and, Wednesday uh, already. Yes, I know it is. Uh, can we do? Can we do a quick sports card guest, please? Uh, if a guest is so. ready, then do do a guest. <laughs> Listen, and, and right, hang on, then, Tim. This uh, is some more sports cards uh, later on. Le- yeah, well, hang on. So this this is a uh, this is a test for you. Normally, you set us quiz. Who, Tim Greer, is our mystery guest? Describe yourself. Describe myself. Um, I started racing Porsches. Yeah. And now I'm racing Lamborghinis. Okay, stop there. Five points if you can get it from that, uh, Tim. This is like uh, how many hats, isn't it? It is like how many hats. Okay. But I was given a list of all the potential guests that we were having tonight. Yes. You can't look about this. This is not someone who was on that list. There we are, you see. Uh, tell us... Uh, we'll keep going. My first IMSA championship was in GT3 Cup. Very good. And he comes from a racing dynasty. Yes, Ooh. both my parents race. Huge clue. People are shouting at their radios now. Tweet in. I expect your team. Come on, team. Something I'm that we're not going to get this weekend, but we once the, uh, had at Silverstone at the WEC. Snow. 
Oh, very good. Madison yes, Snow. Yes, good. Madison Snow. Excellent work <laughs> yeah. there. Welcome yeah, but, to Madison. Uh, how many points is that? That's zero points. Okay. Good to have you. One. Lead. No, okay, we'll give you one. Uh, coming <laughs> Sorry, into could the you turn me off to eat profiteroles? Yes, you can. Um, coming into the weekend for Paul Miller Racing at Lamborghini, you and Brian Sellers... Um, Still leading the championship, but it's getting And tight. we plan to be leading the championship on on s- on Saturday, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. D- does the pressure ramp up? I know you. It's always good to. Be, is it go- actually? I don't know. Is it good to be in the lead of the championship at this this point? I, I, yeah, it's good. There's pressure to be in the lead, but you'd never want to be going into a race, you know, in second in the championship, trying to go for the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure is not. It's definitely on right now, but it's hard to feel it so much as that I haven't been in the car yet this weekend. So, you know, I was today down at the uh, down in downtown Atlanta with him, so mm-hmm. doing some press stuff. Yeah. So that takes it away from, you know, being at the racetrack. So the yes. it makes it easier to calm down. It's been a heck of a battle all year between you two and someone that we didn't expect to even be doing the full season and that's Catherine Legg in the Michael Shank racing car in the in the Acura uh, it's been a good natured battle out of the car what's it like on the track when you're racing against that 86 car uh, it's been fun I mean Catherine is definitely fun to race with she's usually the one that's in the car when I'm in the car I wish her co-driver would be the same all year that way there'd be you know two of us going for the championship but I mean, it's been. We've had some good races for sure. The, the uh, I mean, she, as you say, she's done a, a, a cracking job, and so has MSR because that car wasn't meant to be doing the full championship. And you know very well how difficult it is to get funding to go racing, and for them to have turned that four race endurance series into a full race series. And both you and Brian have been very magnanimous about that. You, you were as pleased as anybody that you were going to be battling yeah, with that we car were, for the whole year. We talked about that all the time you know after Sebring after the Glen or you know all those races it's like you want them out there because you knew where they were at the championship and you can't just say oh no I want to go for the championship Mm. take away the competition then what's the championship worth you have to have you know strong cars out there that you're racing against that's what makes it the empty championship yeah agreed agreed Um, we're going to have to get used to a different colour scheme this weekend your traditional uh, colour scheme of uh, silver black and red it's gone. What are you doing to me? This is going to confuse me. I, it, I'm a bear of small brain. What's the story there? The story, I only heard about this a couple of days ago as well. So you're not seeing it, you know, a whole lot later than I am. But I do very much enjoy the look of the car. Describe for our listeners um, the how the car will look when they first see it out on the truck. A black car with green pinstripes on all the edges of the car. It's a bit sort of Batman-ish, isn't it? It looks, yeah. It you, looks, can, you, can, you can imagine Bruce Wayne having that in his garage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had talked about making the car green for next year for Lamborghini, mm. and I wasn't super happy with that. Green's not my favorite color. A lot of yeah. people think green's unlucky in fairness. I've heard yeah. that too. My dad says that. Right, okay. And it's like, you know, with the red car that we had, I liked it. You know, I had no reason to change it because it was good. And then... uh I saw this car, this design, and I absolutely love it. You know, it. I'm glad we changed it because, you know, I guess I was getting tired of the red design, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, what do you need to do this weekend? Then uh, I suppose you go out with the idea that you're going to win the race. You always go into a race with the idea that you're going to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to have a good race. 
you know, we don't know where Catherine's going to finish in her car, but as long as we have a good race and don't mess something up. Is there a danger that you look too much at what the 86 car is doing and don't run your own race? There always is, but for all the other races of this year, it's always been race our own race and do that. And for sure, this race is as well, but at the same time, going into this race, I believe once we take the green flag, we're guaranteed either, we're guaranteed second place. Mm. Um, so with that being said, it definitely puts our all our eyes on the 86 car to right. see what they're doing, but yet we can't change our strategy for what their strategy is. It's a long race, mm. you know. They can start out leading. We can lead in the middle. We can lead at the end. They can lead at you know. It can and we've go back seen and that forth. this year, even in the shorter races. Never mind the long ones. Yeah, where at different parts of any given race in the WeatherTech Championship, any one of the manufacturers, any one of the cars from the manufacturers from GTD might have a good good section of the race. It's because one move in the beginning of the race, one call that doesn't affect the end of the race changes the whole middle of the race you know yellow comes out do you stay out and gain track position do you come in and go for fuel all of a sudden two people are on as far as um looking at the timesheets, completely different areas of the track but yet one person has fuel in the car and they're you know a couple positions down the other person's in the front they have to make a pit stop so that's what's it's very difficult to watch the IMSA races and just pull out your phone and see you know who's in first second third and actually know who's going to be in first, second, third come the end of the race. All the family here this weekend? Uh, not yet, but they will be. Uh, uh, what's the bro doing? What's the, the little brother doing at the moment? He's in college in Bo- uh, Boulder, Colorado. Right, so no racing for not the right at the moment. No, no? He's, he took the college route. I took the, what am I doing over here, race, race car driving route. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there's a, a race to be done, but seeing as how you talked about next year and the potential for the car going great, what's the plan for next year? Same old? Same old? I hope so. I've, I mean, I love the team, Paul Miller Racing. I really much enjoy driving with Brian yeah. and learning from him. I see no reason for that needing Good. to change, so that's what we're going to be pushing for. It's been a season, Madison, that you guys have uh, performed consistently. You've got the points that's been on offer. Sometimes you've got a few more points than the points that been have been on offer. Hasn't been a flashy season, uh, but you've had some good runs and some good Consistent. wins. But that's a championship season, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it, you can't go out there and win every race. I mean, it's... I mean, Is that difficult it. for a young driver like yourself? And, and I, I, I don't mean that as a detriment, but you're still learning your trade. Yeah. Hell, you've been around for ages, it seems <laughs> to me. But you're still quite a young man. Uh, you're a fast driver. Has it sometimes been difficult to say, do you know what, we're sitting in sixth. I think we maybe should just sit in sixth. Well, I we never, I mean, as far as like on the track during the race, you're never sitting somewhere. You're always pushing to go, you know, to get in that next position. But you have to kind of look at it and say, what's the risk, you know? Can we gain that extra position? Um, yes or no. How high is the risk? Is the risk that we're going to just not gain the position or that we're going to not finish the race? Yes, good And that's point. what we have to, that's what we've been looking at all year. How how did your Porsche racing prepare you for coming into the WeatherTech Championship? Single manufacturer racing, it's all tight. It's all race craft. Uh, you're doing 50-minute races, so the car changes from the beginning to the end. The tyres do. Was that a good grounding for you? For sure. I'm glad Brian had the same grounding too because it's let us, it's made it easy for us to drive together. Mm. Um, 
you know, everybody, every driver has their own driving style, depending on whether they grew up in open wheels or Porsches or Conti tire, you know, whatever series that they were in. Me and Brian, at least for the last couple of years, were in Porsches. Um, IMSA Cup definitely taught me, yeah, how to race, how to drive. The single make stuff is fun just because there's no politics involved in it. So good point. It's it's fun, true, hard racing. Um, but now, you know, it makes it it's nice with me and Brian because we like the car setup the same. We drive the car the same. Right. So it's definitely, you know, given us a stronger bond. Well, I wish you well. Um, I hope the the race uh, goes well for you. I'll also pass on best wishes to to Catherine as well because we can't be playing favourites. I just hope it's it's decided in the in in the right way. Yeah, you've you've had a great season. You deserve all the success that you've had so far. And pass on our best to Brian and to Paul and the rest of the well, team because the team this year. I'm sure you'll want to say the team's we've, done a cracking yeah, job. They have. We've. Had it's a great not. Car it's not been plain sailing, has it for them? They've had done a what no, two we've had, engine yeah, changes. We've now. had some some issues, and the crews been there and you know done the work that needs to be done and had the car prepared for the race you know managed it through the race through the race weekend and you know that's that's the good part about our team enjoy it as much as you can <laughs> try not to get too nervous and say hi to your mum and dad for me thank you madison snow joining us live here on our special midweek motorsport from uh, our race week build-up here to matul petit le mans that will be on rs2 all of our imsa coverage on rs2 across the weekend, Nick Damon is uh, still with me. Yeah, do you have any neat profiteroles? And there's some important news about that. They're two, and they're very nice. Cinnamon yeah, custard sort of things. Very, very good. Excellent profiteroles. Thank Go you, Jack. Um, I've just had a yeah, slice if, of homemade fruit Effectively, if I have... If I have my own profiterole uh, uh, Sherpa, that'd be fantastic. I could actually hire one for the whole season mm. until I can no longer move because I'd be just be far... Oh, it's broken my phone. <laughs> too, too on, on the subject of hiring uh, people uh, yes. and going back to hire Not princess. princesses. Yes. Uh, someone has suggested the princess from Mario Kart. Ooh, oh, yes. very good. Yeah, yeah. Disney princess yes. might appeal to the under fives. Yeah. Might do. We've got our own princess here at Cher Adam. Hello. And she, Wait, you she appeals to, do to that? the other. Is that not sexist and derogatory? No, 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 no. absolutely not. She has magic powers. Can I point out really? that while <laughs> Force India owed £175 to hire mm-hmm. the princess. Uh, yeah. They only owed £91 to FedEx. Right. Was that for delivery of a princess? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not overnight, then. No, no. no. Or very far. It was well, for two come, separate... Well, from Neverland uh, or somewhere. Two separate, two separate packages separate. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we get back to uh, the news? Yeah, do, do you... Yes. I think I've got about four minutes before I need to get next door for the session. Oh, well, you, right, you might, and how uh, long is your session? Uh, I'll have a 15-minute gap in between the two. All right. Come back in between, and, okay. we'll, and we'll do a bit of a preview for the weekend with Shea uh, later on. Shea Adam joining us here on Midweek Motorsport. Here in the booth, if you didn't see the uh, tweets earlier on, the pictures, at Specutainment, and that's where you should be tweeting us at the moment. Where would you like to go next, please, Well, I'd like Tim? to stay exactly where I am in front of this microphone in this lovely that's warm good. studio. Uh, yeah. Over the weekend, uh, it was quite inconvenient for those of us in Europe because... Uh, most of the big events were happening during our night time. There was uh, Formula so One in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's big About in Japan. thousand kilometres in Australia. Super mm-hmm. GT as well. All Japan of them again. involved getting up or staying up through the night. 
Mm. Yeah, but all or, night long, or, or intelligently using your DVR device and watching when you got up. Heike Kovalainen was racing in Super mm. GT. Yes. Yes. So what was it that kept Heike Kovalainen from being able to sleep at the weekend? Too much coffee. He's had a new baby. Indigestion. Um, He's getting all worrying about his drank too much water. Uh, oh yeah. None of those mm. things. Right. It was the excitement from watching online coverage of uh, Wales Rally GB. Really? I should have got the pre-recorded yay out, shouldn't I? Yeah, <sighs> Nick's, Nick's got his incredulous look on. Right. I can imagine that. I can imagine the reverse effect from highlights of... Uh, no, he's watching well, live. So, live, no. he said live. Right, well, even so, I can say, I see that sending you to sleep but not keeping you awake. Right. You're upset, Fran. No, no, we've had a personal a conversation about that. We've agreed to disagree. Sebastian Ogier secured his fifth victory he win? following an enthralling <laughs> final leg duel through the North Wales Forest with Yari Matty Latvala. Right. And reignites his bid for sixth consecutive FIA World Rally Championship crown. Well, hang on, where, where, where do they go next then? Australia. They only Australia. have one rally left this season. We'll come on to that in a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, Did you watch any of it, actually, Tim? I have uh, got it on my DVR, but I didn't have a chance to watch it due to what the fact that I was sleeping. It's on Channel 5. It's actually on 5, okay. Uh, the they actually UK, showed the power stage live. Wow. Uh, and BT Sport showed lots of stages live. Did that? Did ben Constantius was working it? on it, wasn't he? He, he was. was. He ben, was yeah. doing radio, though. Oh, was he? Yes. Well. Like he, he, did a bit of, he did a bit of TV, but he also did some radio. The and picture some live I saw stage of him, stuff. The picture uh, I saw of him, she tweeted with, um, uh, uh, sorry, I don't know, Bexy Wexy, what's her real name? Becky Williams. Um, thank you. Um, it was pretty obvious that wherever they were doing their TV slate radio, there was no heating. Because uh, they're all wearing about 47 layers. Right. Have you been to Deep Side in October, Nick? Well, obviously not. I have. And D- is that where the rally is based? Deep Side? Yes, that's where the service park is. And that's where all the broadcast is done from. And although I spent the last Rally Wales uh, Wales Rally that I did, I spent it in the uh, warm and uh, glowing company of Diana Binks, uh, it wasn't enough to encourage me to do it ever again. Right, wind this up quickly because I've got another guest. Uh... So, if you were listening to last week's show, uh, you'll have heard me and Johnny Palmer talking about this, and uh, I said that Sebastian Ogier would win, and he did. So there. Let's move on to our next well, guest. Ma- oh, well, hang <laughs> on. Where, where's, the, where's the final round of the championship? The final round of the championship is the uh, mixed surface Rally RSS Catalunya, the ah. Rally de España, which is uh, based in Salou, and it starts on the 25th of October. On the Costa Brava. Okay, thank you, Tim. Tim Greer up in London. Richard Westbrook. Let's join us. Hello, Westy. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. You I ready to come this? earlier? I've been doing nothing for the last three hours. <laughs> well, I, so, I could have it's all right. We got this bags. one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> really, Dick? Well, you, I should have got that one. Sorry, I should have let you know. Yes. Uh, another big race coming up. Ready for us? Yeah, big-ish. Big-ish. <laughs> big-ish. No, it's, it's massive. Um, I think if we take the green flag, then Ford of taking the manufacturer's title so that's and that's, that's important great. isn't it it's it really very is. important um 
but selfishly, I want to win the Drivers' Championship. And what so. have you got to do for that? So you've got to win and what? Uh, we've got to win and hopefully they'll come fifth. Um, and then it will be... That's the Corvette. Tight, yeah, the Corvette. That's the, the four the three, car, yeah. No, the three car. The three car, sorry, yes. Um, then we'll be tied on points, but we'll win on the fact that we've had more victories than that. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is tight, um, but been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be the third time going into the last round um, mm. with a chance, and uh, hopefully it's third time lucky. Yes. We've got an extra car, which is good for us. Ah. Um, so potentially, well, with Ferrari coming on board. Yes, I see what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So, so if somebody does have a horrid finish, they can the, the point spread will be worse for them. Yes, that's a good point. Exactly. And with mm-hmm. a 10-hour race, you never know. Um, mm. I think all we can do is just go out, try and lead from the offset and uh, from the outset, sorry, and uh, try and put them under pressure. Uh, it's been a heck of a season. Uh, you haven't always had the results you wanted, but that's motor racing. But from our point of view, watching on, it's been a hell of a season, mate. I, I don't know what it's been like for you guys in the car. Sometimes undoubtedly frustrating. But we've had a great time watching it. I've had a really good year. I've really enjoyed my racing this year. It's... Um you know, You've been on, smiling a lot, even yeah. when the results haven't gone your way, in fairness. Yeah, we've had a really good year, like three wins, and off the back of a really frustrating year last year. Mm. We had a great first year in the Ford. I'm um, talking about the 67 here, our car. Mm. We had a great first year, fighting for the championship with the four car uh, up until the last round. Um, then last year, it just went all tits up, and um, we just never got our pace going. We mm. couldn't really work out why, but this year, worked really hard over the winter, and we've... Um, We've been arguably the quickest car sort of over the balance of the season. But, yeah, we've had a couple of rough races. Um, the one that's still in my mind is Laguna. Yeah. Um, I mean, that just really hurts. Well, particularly after you'd had such a good run there the year before as well with your pink fluffy slippers on. With that, <laughs> Yeah, with but that. I didn't have my fluffy set. I had my Dr. Martens on for that <laughs> race. Was, uh, there was absolutely no saving fuel no. Uh, for that race. We were just going to go all out. And, unfortunately, we made contact with Ollie. It was just slight contact it mm. was uh i couldn't believe it when i went to the next corner there was uh no steering yeah and that is how racing goes sometimes it is it is um yeah with hindsight and all of that i mean ollie was doing everything he could to keep me behind as he i'm sure he was told to mm-hmm. uh, to protect the three car but that's uh gt le mans racing out here it's just it's cutthroat racing and it's uh right now for me it's the best place to be it's just awesome yeah. racing and uh I just, uh, I remember you telling me to come over to America in like, yeah, 2005, you and, and I was like, what was he going on about? And uh, I just, it's so cool racing out here. I, I love it. I love it. What so is thanks, it? mate. I owe you for that. <laughs> you should do that. You're Check in the Porsche Supercar. Do that your Porsche Supercar, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what is it about over here that, that's, that makes you say that? Is it is it one particular thing or a combination? Uh, well, first and foremost, it's the tracks. Um, it's no bullshit racing. Um mm. It's uh, proper proper tracks where, you know, you have to respect, uh, you know, places like Watkins Glen and here in particular. I mean... You, you don't have to worry about track limits here, do you? No, you can't, you can't <laughs> be worried. Yeah. <laughs> but can't the, the, the whole point is, you can't get to 100%. You have to build up to it. Yeah. And you don't you start at 110 and come back like you can exactly, say it's Exactly, because you won't be like coming back, you won't be starting the race. Yeah. So, you have to build up to it. and. Even then, in the race, you can't really get to 100% because it's just, uh, you know, if you go off, it's it's going to hurt. And um, it's, uh, you know, they're just, they're so old school, the tracks. They, you know, people like, uh, places like Watkins Glen, it's still mm. the same curbing as it was yes. in the F1 days. It's yes. just, uh, I really like the fact they sort of, 
you know, just just keep it how it was because um, well, they Sebring, were great you tracks there. Sebring, even, yeah, and and that piece of concrete that you start on. All right, might not be everybody's favourite, but if that could talk, my goodness, that's history right there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if they ever repaved the front straightaway at Sebring, I don't think anyone would want to go back because it wouldn't be Sebring. No, I I, I agree completely. Um, the the Ford's gone from strength to strength. A car unashamedly that was built to go and win Le Mans, which it went and did, has actually turned out to be a pretty good race car most places. It has, actually. Um, I don't know if that surprised some people, but, you know, we worked really hard at that. It's um, uh, We could do we could improve maybe on bumpy tracks like Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having said that, we've had a couple of good results there, but never really fought for the victory. But places like here in Watkins Glen, uh, the, 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 the car is awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's a real... It's a real piece of machinery, and um, you know whoever designed that was a is a very clever oh, guy. I, I, um, I agree with that. It's um, it's a real cool piece of kit, and um, it's just a pleasure to drive. You know, I've said it before. Like you come down the pit lane, you just feel like a rock star in that car. <laughs> I like that. That's very good. Um, Petilamon, old school track. Mm. Uh, it's like a little bit clipped out of the Nordschleifer maybe a little bit of for British fans a bit of Alton Park a bit of Brands Hatch up me downy bit of Cadwell bit of Cadwell in there yeah bit of Cadwell yeah, yeah. like it yeah. Uh, is it a track that you like is it a track you get on with just need to get rid of that last chicane then it'll be <laughs> Thruxton on a, on a mountain yeah um, how it used to be yeah um, I mean God knows how they did that Have you, you've seen footage I I've it. seen footage it's extraordinary I, I, yeah I went on YouTube because I was just fascinated how, how you know they didn't take off but I guess the dip wasn't as big coming into yeah. it um, but yeah big balls going, oh. going through there with no I mean it's fast enough now um, God knows what it was like then. But no, a great track. Pretty um, simple looking gr- track, but there's a lot of little nuances here where yeah. there's a little bump here and a little off camber there. Yeah, it's very easy to make a mistake. It's it's high commitment uh, from the driver point of view, that's for sure. It's pretty high grip as well. Oh, okay. Um, so it's actually quite, I find the surface quite similar to Le Mans. Um, gives a lot of grip from the tyre. And um, like I said, it's high commitment. Always the first few laps here, you're, you know, you really have to catch your breath mm. um, after Just that Just remember first yourself what it's yeah, like. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of corners that are all based on muscle memory, like going into 4A down the S's because mm. you can't see the entry. Mm. So it takes a while to get your 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 brain in tune with your arms to sort of say, okay, you can't see the corner, but I am going to turn at this point. It's a it's a great track. What, what everyone everyone likes oh, it because the driver can make a difference here. Yeah, they they can. I I have to say, just on the other point, I much prefer it now. That I, I remember we were coming here when it we shared it with the WEC, what it whatever it was yeah, called yeah, before yeah. then, the yeah. IAM, yeah. 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 and it was just too many cars. Um, you know, because people forget it is quite a short lap. Yes. It's only for a prototype, it's like one minute ten. So yeah. um, it's a short lap. So I think it, we've probably got the right amount number of cars on the grid right now. Uh, one of the, the the corners that I like watching cars at, if I ever get a chance to get out of the booth and go up there, cars and drivers. I like to go up to turn seven that leads onto the back straight because yeah. it's a very simple looking corner, but it's one of those corners where you think, oh, I didn't. I, I can go quick around there and go quick around. Oh, I've fallen off. Yeah, it is one of those. It just pulls you in, and I always reckon if I can see someone, a car that's going well and hooking up out of there, it's down the long straight. If you can take yeah. momentum through there, that's a really important corner. Simple, but really crucial to a good lap time. Mate. It's an engineer's nightmare that corner. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's uh, you, you got it spot on actually. It's it's one corner where you it's difficult to set your car up for because as the day goes on, um, it just gets greasier and greasier mm. there. 
um, and the fact that he exits off camber and you're really relying on traction there, um, it becomes an issue during the race. And some cars are better at coping it than others. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a very difficult corner because everywhere else is, is is relatively high grip, high load, but there is no load and no grip, and it just gets worse throughout the race. But then it comes back a little bit in the night. Yeah, and that's the that's the beautiful thing about this race is that the track conditions, the weather conditions, everything can yeah. change here because it's it's going to be ten hours long. It's going to be ten hours long, but. There's no point in having uh, a quick car at 90 degree, uh, 90 degree heat of the day. Is it a bit like uh, Sebring in yeah, that respect? You, you, yes, it is. And I would say even more so than Sebring. Really? Um, the track changes that bit more. Um, you've got to have a good... And, and the fact that we, you know, I shouldn't be saying too much. We have some options on tyres. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you would tend to run a different compound at night. Yeah, all the, Mich- all the Michelin runners will, will have the, exactly. those options. Yeah. And, and, and it's important to set your car up for that tyre that you're finishing on. Um, can we talk about next year? What's happening next year? Does the programme continue? Are yeah, you part of it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm part of it. Good. Yeah. Well, that's nice La- to know this time. Last time I checked, <laughs> I mean, my, my name's still on the locker. As far as, far as you know. As far as the last I know. time I asked somebody like that, they're really panicking. Something yeah. like that. Like, what are I? What have you heard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what have you heard, Hangdorf? So, yeah, no, no, uh, we're doing another year, that's for sure. Right. Um, and then, you know, that's a big question. What what Ford and, uh, what Ford's going to do after that? I'm sure you'll find out very soon. Really? Yep. Oh. Is that, well, a, li- is that a hint? Know, or are you I just seeing? I'm, I'd, I'd like to know myself. <laughs> well, I, how's the Ford experience been? I mean, it's one of those brands, isn't it, that's so, you know, all right, it's a, a volume manufacturer, a yeah. global volume manufacturer, but has a rich history in, in motor racing. It does, and probably, um, you know, for my generation, didn't really appreciate that enough. Um, but massive, massive history. Um, and it's just so cool, like the fact that the last two years we've been fighting head-to-head with the, the other big American brand, obviously, yep. Corvette. Yeah. And it's always been between the Ford and the Corvette. I mean, I'm sure Porsche and BMW are going to have something to say about that mm-hmm. going forwards, but the last two years, that's the way it's been. Uh, so it's been a fantastic, you know, fight of the major brands in America. Um, I just love being part of this. It's such a cool program. The atmosphere is really, really good. Um, I think a big part of that is the fact that Chip's running the, running the show. Um, and what a history he's got as well. Yeah, and, and, and he the just whole has a knack of, you know, what I find with Chip he, he, and the whole team is that um, they definitely get the best out of their drivers. They they create this environment where unconventional or yes, different from yeah, what you've had in the past. Yeah, definitely different. Um, polar opposite to another manufacturer that I race for. Yes, which, um, I'm okay. not going to say. No, no, it um, does. But just you know, a different different outlook and uh, a different way of thinking. And um, you know, Chip, Chip is very much you know he was an ex driver. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's key really. Um, he w- he wants his drivers to perform at the top, and you see Scott in IndyCar. Um, mm. Say no more. Yeah, well, 18 seasons now that exactly. he's been with the same team. That's an extraordinary, an extraordinary thing. Um, so the rest of the week then might be a bit of bad weather coming in Thursday. Good. good. Uh, you happy with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I just wish it would last longer because apparently it's going to be dry on Friday. But yeah, the more rain, the better. And when do you guys qualify? I haven't even looked at the timetable. Friday. Right. Okay. Friday. And I think is there the a pole position lap for you in this? Is there what? Is there a pole position lap out there for you here? Yeah, I think so. Um, the pool, the, the battle for pole in GT Le Mans has been yeah. fantastic this year. I think last year there was like a tenth between the top five. Yeah. 
and the year before, I think I got the pole the year before. Well, everybody's doing the full session, aren't they? And he's almost last man out gets pole. Exactly. Like here, there's not a lot of degradation in in right. in the tyre throughout a qualifying session. The track's very clean, um, and it's really just fuel load coming down, which is making the car quicker and quicker. Mm. So you quite rightly said that you know it's the last man out is is the quickest guy. End of the season uh, on Saturday night. Yep. What is Mr. Westbrook doing after that? You're going to do some more driving, or are you going to take some time off, spend some time with the family? Uh, we've got a new tyre from Michelin, mm. um, so there's going to be a lot of work on that because right. it's a completely different tyre. Oh, really? Um, it's not even round anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even round. It's, it's white, it's square. <laughs> no. oh, it's uh, hexagonal. It's the yeah. way to go. It's the avant-garde tyre. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it is really, really different. We did use it at Le Mans this year, um, right? So the the wet guys are running it, and it's, right. it definitely requires a different setup. Oh, really? Um, so, but that's the same for everyone. But that's a little bit of a challenge because the circuits over here are so fundamentally different from the smooth yeah. Formula One style tracks that the WEC run on. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's going to be the challenge because you know the car, uh, the tire, sorry, was you know born, let's say, in Europe, testing right. on those sort of uh, tracks. Is the tire evaluating or the tire you have to use next year? It's yeah, we 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 we're locked into that tire, okay. and I think everyone is everyone that because all the manufacturers here mm. are in the WEC yeah. all them on. So that that chi- uh, mm. as I understand it, that tire was already chosen. So there's no there's no wriggle room on that. Does sort of help for when you go back to Le Mans though. At yeah, least it, it means it's not it, you're not diving yeah. into a deep pool of yeah of because darkness. that that was a problem this year yeah um, new on the tire compared to the guys on you know running in the WEC uh, for those two races I mean those two races was uh, invaluable for uh, tire knowledge for them mm. but so yeah that will help us going back to Le Mans but it's going to be interesting you could see everything turn upside down in GT Le Mans next year it's all going to be how you get you know acclimatized to this new tire because it is very very different uh, and you're going to have pretty much the oldest car yeah that's weird isn't it things yeah. turn around so quickly they do um well a corvette bringing out a new car yeah. there's well, one there on the cards the, there there we're racing next year well you know that's hard to know when does the straight car come out that's the question you've got to got to oh, ask yourself we will see about 125 various levels of camouflage mule quite soon yes <laughs> yeah that's very that's very true um how much more can you drag out of the of the Ford GT? Because, you know, you guys have, have been pushing the envelope this year. Yeah, you know, look at the C7. I mean, you know, until you said that, I've never really looked at it as an old car. You got me thinking now. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I mean, the car is, uh, for me, it can go on for a, a good few years. I don't know when the next rule change is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see... I don't see that like the car's getting tired at all. We're learning about that car still all the time. Yeah. Um, and we're improving, improving. And also the way we're driving it as well. Um, it's definitely a different technique. And I think all our driving's evolved over the last two and a half years. Are you doing any other driving during the quote-unquote off-season? It's not that long, really. No, because we'll be back. no I'm going to... No, uh, th- there's quite a bit of testing. Um, and there's not really any racing that's right. on the radar to... To really, I, I used to do that. I, used I to know do you like did. Forty races a year, and I've got kids now, and for some reason they want to see me. Is there anything that you haven't done that you'd like to do in terms of your racing career? You've achieved such a lot, Richard, and you've been such a great am- ambassador for. I think for if, the sport. if if I look back on 
you know, the last few years, I've, I've definitely come second too many times in big races. And that's that's a real regret. And that's something that I hope I'm going to put right in the next couple of years. Uh, second at Spa 24 hours. Two times second at uh, uh, Nürburgring 24 yeah. hours. Second at Daytona. Is that I put, one you'd I put go that back? right this year. Is, that, is Nürburgring 24 hours one you would go back to? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've done it since 2008. Um yeah, it's a real challenge. I, I love that race. And yeah, that's, me too. You know, that's that's the only additional race I've done from the full program in the last yeah. few years. And it's uh, Bathurst twelve it's, hours sports car race. Yeah, I would like to, but it never works because it's always too Straight close after to this. Daytona. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, the twelve hours. Yeah. I thought you meant. Uh, oh the well, thousand, no, the, the yeah. thousand was. Yeah, last I'd love to. I'd love to do that. I'm fascinated that it starts in the dark and finishes. You know, there's the no darkness practice either. So if you get to do the start, your first dark laps of the week yeah. are as you're coming to the green. I I think that's brilliant. I think they should think about doing something like that, a Sebring or it works uh, not so Sebring because well. it's too locked in history. But yeah. just to do it at another track, just to see it because it's, it's something a event. I love quite atmospheric event. about doing that. And, and and racing into the daylight with the sun coming up. I mean, yeah. it, it works so well for telly as well. We get about, I, th- I think it's about forty-five minutes to an hour yeah. of proper darkness, and then the sun starts coming up, and the telly pictures are magnificent. It doesn't mean an early start, mm. but of course, what it means is six o'clock. You're done. And down off to the restaurant for a celebratory drink. Yeah, a couple water of sports drinks. Spirit. Water only. Water only. Yes. only. Yes. yes, of Nothing course, in else. Australia. Sparkling, yeah, of course, Sparkling. pushing the boat out. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, fine. Uh, Richard, best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Be mate. safe. Enjoy yep. it. Yep. That's silly. I know you will. And will you pass the best on to the team? Definitely. As well. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thank Richard you, Westbrook yeah, joining us uh, live here on Midweek Motorsport as part of our live coverage from Motul Petit Le Mans Week here at Road Atlanta. I've logged Mark in the shed, so I get to say, still to come on Midweek Motorsport. Well, not sure I've heard that one before, at least not yes, for a, a long time. It's all right. It's a special Midweek Motorsport this week. We're live at Road Atlanta, out on the circuit at the moment is the uh, Porsche a GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama, and it's Anthony Imperato who leads the times in Platinum. The number 91 car with a 123.5. Just to prove you live, if you don't believe me, go on to the IMSA app. Coming in the second half of the programme, more guests, and we'll be discussing the major stories of the week here. We've got uh, Nick Dearman with me, and uh, Adam, Jeremy Shaw, of course, as well. We'll be previewing the weekend's action, as well as talking about the big stories. Tim Gray is up in London, and he'll be telling us in just a moment... What our next item is on the second half of this week's Midweek Motorsport on the radio show. Midweek Motorsport on RS1. Well, apparently, if you open the door and look outside, there's no Intrinkler standing there. No, there, there is indeed. I can, I'll, I can stick a headset on him if you want. We're going to hear from him after the show, in fairness. Would you like a quick word? Yes, all right. Yeah. Stick that headset on uh, and uh, we'll have a... We, we're doing well with our championship... Uh, uh, championship contenders this weekend, uh, not only in the WeatherTech Championship, but also in the Continental Tires Sports Car Challenge. OT, how you doing, man? Uh, John, I am doing fabulous. Glad to be at Road Atlanta this week and uh, ready to get going. Um, the You were part of our Ren Sports reunion to uh, Petit Le Mans uh, earlier on in the week, and that short will be playing out tonight directly after this show. So if you're still w- waiting for a few more clues as to uh, the... The mileage for that, hashtag RRVI2PLM, uh, the, the, 
The swag is intact at the moment, but keep the uh, keep the guesses coming in. That's straight after this show uh, tonight. How are you feeling? That you're at the racetrack now. One more race to go. One more race for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge as well. It's it's the end of a, a fantastic relationship that, it, that you've seen a lot of. No, it is. I've been uh, here since the, the beginning with Continental Tire and uh, obviously before that, but Continental Tire has been a great partner to the series and IMSA and uh, Grand Am back in the days uh, before the merger happened uh, a few years ago. But I'm so excited um, what we got going on this weekend at TGM and uh, Mercedes-Benz and obviously uh, with Continental Tire here to celebrate the, their last race with us. Who's been doing all the arithmetic, the mathematics, and working out what you've got to do and when you've got to do it? Who's who's been entrusted with that this weekend? Oh, we've got some great crew. Uh, Joe Vardy, obviously, and then uh, uh, John Terry, one of our good crew members there, has, has been doing uh, the math on what has to happen. And uh, he and I have just been focused on driving. We obviously had the test day. The test day just ended uh, for us uh, about 30 minutes ago. And we ran about a little over a stint. We did about three-quarters of a stint on the car. And uh, got got a pretty good feel where we need to go, and how much you're going to see us run to Mars is probably going to be pretty limited. Uh, because Particularly the if the weather comes in. Yeah, the weather, and obviously our, our prayers are with the, the people down in the Panhandle Amen. that are listening, and uh, that's a place that I know the Atlanta area, Nashville area, a lot of people go uh, visit. We actually had a scheduled vacation there next week, and um, that's the least of the concerns right now about what we're doing next week. But uh, hopefully, those uh, everybody comes out of that safe, and uh, and everything's fine down there. Leading the championship coming in, does that put more pressure or less pressure on you? As you, it's exactly the question I asked Madison Snow, who was our first guest leading his championship with Brian Sellers. More or less pressure on the shoulders as you come around to take that green flag on Friday afternoon? You know, I, that's a great question, John. I mean, I think for us, I mean, we, we've looked at the second half of the year that we were kind of the underdogs in the championship a little bit. Uh, the, it's first year for the Mercedes AMG GT4. Mm. Um, we, we've been fighting some other issues maybe with the BOP. I'm not up here complaining about it, but it's been uh, we, we've been had struggling a little bit there through the season with that, uh, with those issues. And we just maximized what the car is really good at with the Mercedes Benz AMG GT4 is really good at a long run and really good fuel economy, which we yeah. saw at Laguna Seca. Yeah. And so with the handling of the car late in the run, that's where the, we don't use as much fuel as some of the other guys. And so I, I feel like we've just we, we've been doing what we do and focusing on us. And whatever the championship happens with the other guys, that's just what happens. And so I still feel like we're trying to take that tactic to this race. Obviously, we know the situation that we're in, Hugh and I do, and understand what's going on. But we – came to road Atlanta to try to win this race. I won this race last year and, and try to keep it going two in a row. Very happy moment for you with the family around you winning in your final race with the Catanios as well after, again, a, sec a great second half to the season. That was very emotional. It was, yeah. To have my boys here, and we talked a little bit about um, on an interview we did mm. in Nashville. And Thank you so much for having me be part of that and, and my family and stuff because my family means so much to me and my team and we talked a little bit about that during during the interviews and uh, what an emotional win for me this place means so much to me watching my dad race around here from a youngster uh, just being born in a crib around kind of close to the trees that we're looking at right now from the tower and so this place is emotionally means a lot to me and if we end up wrapping it up on Friday here it's going to be uh, a big celebration for everybody at TGM. Uh, IMSA uh, and this place going through a, a lot of changes in the last few years a lot of them brought about by Don Pinos and, and you can hear Owen's thoughts on that when I talk to him in the piece for the Rensport uh, to a Rensport to PLM trip um, but where we're standing now is about to go this is the last event for this tower this was my first place of work when I came to the USA and this is the last event for this tower it's going to be replaced by a brand new building 
I feel quite emotional just saying that now because <laughs> I've always known this place and this view. This view and so many pictures with this view. Yes, you know, good with, point. With, with from up at uh, turn eleven there, coming down to twelve, and with this tower being here, and uh, yeah, that's the first I've heard of that, John, and that's that's emotional timer. Right I think there. it'll be. Uh, somebody was saying the other day, uh, and I will I will look to my screen because the responsible adult, um, the uh, to get some information. But I think that we will be the last event in this tower and the first event in its replacement at this time next year. It's a full 12-month program to rebuild, which will be extraordinary because that will make, mean that I've ended this one. We were the first live broadcast on RSL. Uh, RSL were the first live broadcast from the new Daytona, which was a great, yeah, great honour yeah. and a great honour. And we'll be the first... Race broadcast from the new tower at Road Atlanta as well. But this has been such a part of the racing community, not just around Atlanta, but around the whole of this area of America for so long, hasn't it? It has. I mean, this track means so much to so many people, and especially with Dr. Don Panos and, uh, and the passing a few weeks ago and the changes that he made here and the investment mm. that he made here years and years ago uh, back in the mid-90s. And, and I still can't. I mean, when you see the old pictures of the pit lane that wasn't there before on the other side, well, how much dirt there, was moved? There used to be a motocross track. Yeah. And so I don't I know if you remember that back in, in – uh, Back before the pit lane, the main paddock that's over there across the way from us, that was a motocross track. They moved a heck of a lot of dirt. A lot of a dirt, a lot of dirt to uh, to accommodate that, and made made this front straightaway really narrow. It used yes. to open up and actually go down to a creek down here, uh, where we kind of go up the hill there, back of the, where the trucks are. And so it, definitely, the, the there's been change that's happened here before. I guess it's you know we just have to accept the change that this tower is going to go away, and the, and the face will look a little bit different here at turn 12. The track has changed as well down through the years. Think about the chicane at nine and. 10. And, and the dip there, the compression. But ultimately, the personality of the Road Atlanta circuit itself hasn't changed. Richard Westbrook talked about it just before you walked in, a high-commitment uh, type of track that drivers love. It's a driver's track. I mean, I think it's you look at the back half of our season and there and there's some old tracks here and maybe that's what I, that's what I grew up this is the track I grew up racing on is Road Atlanta it was my first car race which we know we talked about the other day and so this place means a lot to me and gave me you know the foundation to go to the other tracks like Mosport mm. and VIR and some of these older tracks that were a uh, different era when tracks were being built yes. and, and this is a high commitment through turn one uh, turn three and down through the S's especially oh, on new right. tires for us uh, the higher downforce cars will be better even on older tires but for us on new tires and qualifying you're going to have to be on top of your game coming down through four through the S's we we have a great season in terms of the schedule that has been very stable down through the years something that Scott Atherton and I have talked about for a little while now think date and uh, venue equity through the season and that's a great thing to build an audience we have a great full season but the second half of the season when we come back after Le Mans the tracks that we go to Watkins Glen Canadian Time Motorsport Park we're at uh, Road America VIR um, Lime Rock here I mean it's just an extraordinary run of tracks isn't it that I think people maybe in Europe we, we like to think that these are European circuits but Nick we don't have these circuits like this in Europe anymore do we? Not anymore well, oddly, you have circuits uh, similar uh, domestically, but not built up to a standard where they can hold a large international sports car race. The, but the obsession, of course, within Europe is to run an FIA Grade 1 circuit. You know, mm. the Portimao is a Grade 1.5, but anything apart from that we run normally is Grade 1. 
Yeah. Even actually, we both went to Navarra this year, didn't we? Yes. And that is a built from scratch track. What, twelve, fifteen years ago? Yeah, if that. And that is runoffs. It's space. It's it's a nice circuit for GT three circuit. cars. It's perhaps not so good for really fast things, but it's a you know it's it's a circuit that's built to a concept that one day I can get a, 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 a you know a FIA Grade One T at least, yeah. so I can get some testing in. So they're well, all Monte good Monte Blanco the same when I tested mm-hmm. the Aston GT three car there oh, years ago now. That was a circuit that was built from scratch. It's a test facility, and it can be made wet as well, which is really interesting. Mm. has a lot of different configurations. But again, you do even a complete idiot like me behind the wheel of a car would actually do pretty well to go off hard enough to hurt yourself, uh, which is in one way is very good, Owen. Yep. But when you come to racing and challenging yourself as a professional race driver, you want to feel like you can make a difference no you do and that's some of the tracks we vir and road atlanta in the, the big talk around uh, certain series is track limits you know mm-hmm. and so you've got these wide open of pavement areas and stuff and so that brings the officials more into the game yes uh and so these older school tracks here in the states you don't have that worry road atlanta uh there is uh we don't have the issue here as far as track limits and then <laughs> i mean I, I raced uh when i first started here john was back when the dip was involved here and so that mm. made the, the turn at the bridge turn 11 yes really challenging yes. not saying it's gotten any easier right now with no. the 10a and 10b and that's a great area for the fans but i remember running when we had the dip here coming back up the hill and then down to turn 12 it's just unbelievable some of the back half the, the races that we have on in the IMSA season and Love i'm it. so glad we're going back to some of those track tracks and we've added mid-ohio on the front end of them um ignite image sending a fantastic picture of the sunrise at bathurst for the 12 hours we're talking about that with richard westbrook dave olcock saying great Im, uh, image uh, from alan who sent that in and also uh, saying uh, Thanks for packing all the guests in tonight. Keep the tweets coming in at Specutainment and at Radio Le Mans. All good stuff uh, for this evening. Um, talk about to, to, to Westy about what you do in the off-season. What do you do in the off-season? So your season effectively comes to an end on Friday afternoon. It does, but we've already got test schedule. You know, we're making the change. Uh, you know, we're celebrating Continental Tire this weekend that they're leaving, but obviously it turns to Michelin next year, and the focus is already... Uh, turn to that a little bit and testing so we're going to be back on the track at vir here in a couple of weeks after um this event in november to do some testing on the michelin pilot uh tires and uh, ready to challenge ourselves with those because that's going to take a different setup than the and is next tire. season fixed for you guys tgm back with two cars i, I i'm assuming so i mean we've, we've had not com- your decision yeah, we had, I not, understand. Yeah, we, we've had conversations I, I think the biggest thing that we've talked to ted Hugh, and myself has said let's focus and get through uh, atlanta we still got some work to do but we know we've got a job to do to get ready for next season. So we've mm. got a test scheduled at VIR. Then we're going to do a test down in December at Daytona, also on the new Michelin tire, and try to get ready for uh, Daytona coming up because it's two and a half months away. John, it's here before we know it. So. Do you get any time with Jen and the boys? That the I mean, you said you scheduled a, uh, perhaps some vacation time. Will, will that get rescheduled to somewhere else? Uh, I, I just sent her a text uh, this morning when we were talking I about I may have the, dropped you <laughs> in it there. Sorry, I apologize. Sorry, We were talking about what we're going to do, and obviously we're going to do something, and uh, obviously a big day for us on Friday here, not only the race, but I've got a wedding anniversary yes. uh, coming up also, so uh, happy anniversary to my wife, and uh, she's obviously a big supporter of what we do at TGM and myself and everybody, but uh, the off-season for me, I mean, it's a lot of training. I'm going to get back in the gym, and uh, not saying I've taken the last month off, but I've kind of scaled 
dialed back on certain things, uh, getting ready for the season finale here. But then we'll we'll ramp up the the training pretty heavy in November and December to get ready for our long season. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to get that endurance. But you start in. off with that long twenty four hour, uh, the, the long four hour race at the Daytona twenty four, of course, for you guys. We do. Yeah, we start with the four hour race and and maybe a twenty four hour if, if we're involved in that race too. So we've got to get our baseline for our, our endurance package done uh, for ourselves to be ready to go for the season because once January gets here, it's really really quick. Wish you all the best, mate. Thank you so much. Give the best to Ted, to the team. I know it is a full team with Ted and and, uh, Guy, uh, as well as Hugh in your car, and the guys working behind the scenes. Have a good one this weekend. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for making part of the trip uh, from California. I appreciate that. No problem, mate. That's good stuff. Uh, Owen Trinkler, and you're going to hear that interview on our Ren Sport 2 Petit Le Mans run straight after this show tonight. There's some clues in there about what route we take as Nick stands on his... uh, If only that was a rare occurrence. Yes, uh, he manages even to do that when he's sitting down. Shea Adam has rejoined us and, and uh, brought the rain. And it's it, is, it, it is now persistently. Uh, persistently <laughs> well, well, quickly, whilst she we've got Shea. Like like Can you Lennox, by the way? No. <laughs> or Dave Stewart. <laughs> uh, one more thing we're doing there. When you were going, this was one more race, I was literally about to burst into Les Miserables. Really? Yes. I'll have a bath for that later. Right, okay. Uh, PLM well, storylines. Sorry, sorry, Tim, go I ahead. I was say, while we've got Shea, can we talk about mm. uh, Bathurst? Because uh, can't I know talk that about Shea watched it. In my bath. Right, okay. No, okay. It we'll was, talk uh, about Bathurst. You may not have done. The fastest she, ever she Bathurst 1,000 kilometres. Yeah, because everyone was behaving themselves. We didn't have a big shunt. There were very few cautions. Any kangaroos killed? No, okay. no, no kangaroos taken out. We, we haven't had that for a couple of years in the 12-hour either. They've been behaving themselves. Um the second drivers all sorry was that two years of the bounce yes ah, very good <laughs> very very good ah. um, all of the second drivers even were good enough that the pace was kept up mm. and normally there are second drivers where it sort of drops off a bit people just aren't as comfortable with the cars the situations the tires whatever it is that wasn't there and there was one point in the race where Tim I'm sure you can talk about it a little bit better than I can because it was buffering pretty badly for me but all the second drivers were in the cars in the top 10 and they were battling mm. just like the drivers the primary drivers were it was fantastic I followed it mainly um, at a distance and uh, after the after the event on Twitter, the, the distance what of was the Pacific, you mean? Well, yes, but I mean <laughs> at a distance of time as well, because uh, I didn't have the opportunity to uh, to be able to watch it online, and there was no TV coverage uh, in in the US. I managed course. to watch the whole of the uh, Fox Sports pre-race show, where they uh, right, did a on. really nice piece about how um, taking on as little fuel as you need in pit stops was uh, crucial so that you could save time because every tenth of a second counted and then they went through a little montage of every bather since 2006 and how close the margin of victories have been sort of 0.1 seconds 0.4 seconds I mean the 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 greatest margin of victory in the last 13 years has been 4.8 seconds until this year because yeah. as soon as you run a piece like that, you know you're going to have a massive uh, gap between the first and second place cars. 
But it's not really, though, is it? It's like closest finish ever. It's just because they have a late safety late car. Late safety car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do find yeah. this disingenuous and false reporting by a number of series. It's not a close race. You've not had three hours of two cars door banging a second apart. You've had a late safety car because someone's yeah. made a mistake. So you've bunched the field up. Great for the action. Fabulous. But that's why it's a close finish. Not no, because, no, I agree. you know. Yeah. Sorry. I just no, no, completely agree, Nick. Completely agree. So what was the It could have margin? been a much closer finish, though, uh, had... Uh, David Reynolds not uh, been yeah. suffering in his car show. Ah, you know, th- now this was a, this was one of the things I did follow on Twitter, and this was a, a source of some consternation, uh, un- undoubtedly some comment, and uh, well, a bit of controversy. And there's been a lot said and, and put out there, but can I just point out that it was Greg Murphy who went over to do the interview once David uh. Reynolds had been gotten out of the car. Greg Murphy, who was removed from the Erebus Mercedes at the Bathurst 12 hour, the second year that we were doing it, yeah. because he was getting carbon monoxide poisoning and wasn't fit to drive. Correct. He well then remembered. went on to become a driver's steward to try and protect the health of drivers in supercars, to go on from this. Listening to the radio communication from Reynolds, he wasn't there. He was mentally And this was dehydration and exhaustion, wasn't it? And not sleeping. Right. Because he hadn't slept the entire week leading up. He'd been having troubles with that. The team was aware of that. But in the interview that Murph did with him afterwards when he got out of the car, he admitted that he felt like he wasn't really in it from about 15 laps in. Wow. Well, then why was he driving for that long? Why was he doing a triple at the end of the I'm, race? I'm, and Betty Clemenko's team, that's who David Reynolds yes. was driving for, um, You know, she's nothing if not a savvy character. So what was there something else going on there? Do we know? Or is it just one of those things that you've got to shrug your shoulders and go, uh, uh. I, I think it's the latter of those, John, honestly. Right. The truth will come out someday. We'll, we'll find out what the, the driver was talking to the team on the radio saying that he was fine to stay in the car. Yeah. But everyone around the world was going, you don't sound Doesn't fine. Doesn't sound good. No. Okay. Um, ultimately, though, a very popular win. I saw the tweet from Lounsey. He said he could hear... The crowd cheering. The man is just pure class. This is his last full season uh, in the championship and another great race win. Number seven. Unbelievable. It makes me feel old because I interviewed him when he did his former 3000 season, which is like 98 or something. Possibly yeah, 97. Did you years really? Ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's wow. was, and, it's, and I'm thinking he was, the great, he was the big thing from Australia, which is why we were all surprised it was in at Mark Webber got to F1. Um, he, did, he did a year and just just wasn't being of impact and winning. Well, it comes a year or two season. Just never quite clicked in 3000. He's um, gotten 14 podiums at the Great Race. Yeah. Which is remarkable. Since 1993. Uh, so seventh win at the 1000. Yeah. But he's also had success in the he's 12 hours. He's won the 12 hour twice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nine Bathurst, major Bathurst victories. He's got to come back and do the six hours as well. Just to say oh, that. he needs to. Just to say, run it in a production car. Just to say that he has. Um, I mean, he's going to be missed. Yeah. That was a popular win. It's not always a popular win on the mountain. No. Uh, watching also some tweets about people watching old stuff when people getting booed on the podium. The old Nissan win, the Jim Richards deer. Steve Richards, Steve Richards yeah. in, in the car with Lounsey. Great his for him as well. And that's well. his Fifth or fourth? Fifth. Fifth, yeah. Fifth, right. Sorry, I held up the wrong number of fingers. No, no, they were the right number of fingers. There just wasn't a thumb to go with it. That was, <laughs> yes. That was fine. Uh, so, popular win. Yeah, when when Lounsey took the lead and the crowd roared, the, the mountain sounded like it was erupting. I got goosebumps when that yeah, happened and could cool. not happen to a nicer guy. It seems to have been universally uh, well received. Yeah. Um, 
next time we're down there, of course, is early part of next year for the next edition of the 12 hours. I have a suspicion that Lamsey will still be running in that. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, we need him and Lamsey's car. Yeah. Crowley said pretty much uh, that uh, when he was on the show last week. Mm. Excellent. So uh, good stuff. Among the uh, spectators at uh, Bathurst was one Scott Morrison. Right. Do we know who Scott he is? Scott Morrison. Uh, he's a... Uh, Jim Morrison's son. He's a Prime Minister Paul of Australia. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Oh. Do apologise, Australians. It wasn't meant to be sorry. insulting. I <laughs> didn't know. Right. Actually, in fairness, Australia's had so many Prime Ministers recently, I don't think they know. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so not only was the uh, Prime Minister at uh, Bathurst, he also did a flying lap pre-race uh, in a two-seater with Mark Scaife. What in Brave. a single in a in a formula car or no, in, in a, a two seater, a, a, a two seater touring car, supercar, right? Okay, um, okay, fine, very good. Which actually was more than that because it had back seats as well, in which, right. in possibly the most shameless exploitation of one's child since uh, John Gummer made his daughter eat a beef burger on the BBC <laughs> News, uh, <laughs> he put his daughter on the back seat in a child seat, hopefully. I wasn't paying attention to how, how old is she? she was sitting how old on. Was she, she was about six or seven. Well, she should have her child seat then. Otherwise, yes. he's broken several rules and is a ma- bad man. He's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> I also there at the weekend, and we should have asked um, Westy about this actually, was a Ford GT. That Briscoe got to drive. Yes. Now, I've heard conflicting stories about that whether that was an actual GTE, GT Le Mans race car, or whether... It was a show car, which was effectively underpinnings from a, uh, a street car with race car bodywork. Do you remember it did a 10? It did a uh, two minutes 10. Yeah, do you remember the, the launch cars? of the Ford GT um, where they had that car that wasn't it because it was still being built? Do you think it could have been yes. that? Oh, the one that was the the little the, prototype. There was, an, there was another it. car with some bodywork on it. Yes, Sam Collins was very keen on that car. Um, why have we got WeatherTech? Uh, we don't. They are doing their fuel test. Ah. Uh, that's why the WeatherTech cars are rolling out to the pit lane. I just panicked but, for a moment. But we did have an MPC car be very confused. And it, to get to the pit lane for the IPC cars out of the WeatherTech pit area, they have to go contra race and then come back down into their pit lane and instead of bothering with that this guy's just doing a whole lap okay no, that seems reasonable marshals are not happy about it no i'm, I'm no. sure i'm he's sure he's going to get a rapid knuckle isn't he yes um quick before the um, before the ipc 30 minute session start by the way who's quickest in the porsches uh Robichon. oh really ahead of imperato I saw Imperato's time early. And then was DeAngelis, but uh, we're pretty sure that the three of Trenton Estep's transponder wasn't working because it said he was in the pit lane the whole time, and he definitely was not. Okay. Uh, and and do we have the man of the moment, Roman DeAngelis? Um, is he here this weekend? Why Did is he the man of the moment? Estep's leading the uh, championship. Uh, yeah, well. Hmm. And who's the, who's the new car? This weekend, do we have a oh, special car? Uh, Jonathan Ziegelman is right. running this weekend in the gold category. He is running a livery that is the same as the car that my dad won Sebring in. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's and very cool. And I brought a Raiders sticker to make it completely complete. valid. Well done. Yep. 
And Zachary Robichon has to win because, of course, he's won everything recently. He's won everything ever. Yes. yes. <laughs> Except for the last race in which he was disqualified in post For winning tech. too much. For yes, <laughs> for winning too much. What was he disqualified for? It's right uh, hand, wasn't it? It was some sort uh, it of was camber camber. It was camber. Yeah. You're right, it was camber. That was at uh, Sonoma. Bendy wheels. Yeah. Bendy wheels. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get away. If there's time before the end of the show, we might get some... No, probably not. We'll do our uh, previews of what's going on in the early sessions of practice and qualifying. Thank you, Shay, for that. Bye, she Bye, says. Shay. Jeremy Shaw. Let's, have a, let's grab a quick word with Jeremy Shaw before this uh, session starts, because I've got a bone to pick with you, Mr. Uh -oh. Shaw. You're in trouble already, Jeremy. I just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you have announced four hours earlier the Team USA last week? Were you still adding things up? Probably. Yes. <laughs> was it last? <laughs> yes, it was last Wednesday. Was it Wednesday went out? Yes. Yeah. See, you didn't even know what day it was. No, see, see there, he's cleared himself. He's cleared himself immediately by uh, by, by he, admitting he didn't know what day it was. Before, it didn't no, no. before noon, did it? No. Didn't. Went, went, that's so there you about go. two hours after we came off air. Uh, I don't know if Jeremy can hear me Ta or not. But can. I can, yes, hey. Hello, Jeremy. Very quickly, oh, in maybe 20 seconds for each driver, what made you pick yes. them? Uh, because they're fast uh, and they are got great personalities, and I think they're going to be good for the sport. And they're going to they learn an awful lot as well. Two really, really good guys. Actually, there's a third guy as well, Braden Eves, who is also part of the uh, selection committee. He's not going to be making a trip to England because he had to have some uh, sort of medical procedure done, and he wasn't going to be fully fit in time, so he had to back out of it. But uh, I tell you what, the quality this year was really, really. Well, you good. said that a couple of weeks yes, ago on Midweek Motorsport that yeah. you were really, really struggling. One yeah. of the lads in particular. No background of motorsport whatsoever in the family or anything. Um, right, yeah, Colin Mullen, um, yeah. and 16 years of age. Yeah, he's been racing the Continental Sports Car Challenge series this year, and yeah, we've been watching him. He's, you know, he's, he's done well in this, and he's done racing. You know, he's done some low-level racing on the West Coast the last couple of years, but nothing substantial. But I suggested to him when we were at VIR a few weeks ago, it'd be a good idea to get a bit of open-wheel experience in case in case he wins the shootout. Uh, because he hasn't really dri hasn't driven open wheel car this season, he only had some you know, relatively low level stuff with with very little competition as well. Well, he went off and did a an F sixteen hundred race at Summit Point, uh, championship race, East Coast championship race, and he won two of the three races. No way. Seriously impressive. So he hadn't made yeah. the track before and hadn't sat in the car before. Right, hadn't driven Formula Ford. Hadn't so driven clearly, the team. no talent whatsoever. No, no, then. Whatsoever, no. Oh and 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 he he joined us, didn't he, in the booth. At, uh, yes, at well he did. State Raceway. Yes. Uh, and man, was he impressive. 16 years of age. That's good to see. Uh, in, in we, We've been doing this trip across from uh, California to, to here uh, in the Panamera. And uh, I stopped in to talk to Owen Trinkler on, uh, on Monday. And uh, we were talking a bit um, about one or two things. And we've also got an Owen Trinkler long one to play as well. And one of the things he mentioned, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll let you get away and... and do this session in a second but he said he um that one of the things that inspired him to try and make a living out of doing what he was doing in motor racing which he wasn't at the time was when he was on the team green academy huh. now you were a part of that back then weren't you it's peripherally yes sort of kind of because i uh, we, we were, i think we were already doing a team USA scholarship at that stage and and uh, and uh, kim and barry green asked me or kim particularly asked me to come on and just sort of yeah be on the fringes of it yes yeah that, so, was, that uh, was Owen's, uh, not start, he was, he, was, he was already racing in sort of Formula 2000 cars, yes. uh, um, or, or uh, Clubman's 2000 cars uh, here, funny enough. But uh, he said that was the thing that really made him think, 
well, actually, I might have a chance at this. I'm, mm. I might, I'm in the top 25. I've been, I've been picked. It's fantastic. Yeah. And they, they had some good guys. BJ Zacharias was in that year, and uh, I think, I think maybe Andy Lally as well uh, was in there as well, and had some, uh, had a bit of racing Jeff, there. Jeff Schaefer too, who's here this weekend yes. with the one. He he runs that one motorsports team that's running in the Prototype Challenge race. Be at practice coming up very very shortly here. But he doubt, runs that team now. But a doubt whether here, Jeremy. It looks like we're going to get that for the. Uh, early part of the uh, the weekend running as well but looks set fair for Saturday at least in the main race Continental Tyres race on Friday might be a bit interesting yeah I, I think Friday's supposed to be nice as well I think oh, okay. what I've been uh, what I've been tomorrow. looking at but I'll tell you what, I, I, I arrived here late last night looked at the weather forecast for today I thought ooh I uh, got up this morning not particularly early, I must admit, because I'm laying in, because I got in really late. Looked at the weather forecast; it was totally different <laughs> to what it had been 12 <laughs> hours earlier. So, hey, who knows what to expect for the weekend? But it's certainly the weather forecast for Friday and Saturday looks pretty nice. Uh, not too hot, not too humid, uh, not, and not wet, Fabulous. and not too cold. Obviously, because that can obviously be the no, downside of the outside. And he Nick didn't bring a coat. Didn't can you believe course. it? He comes to Road Atlanta and oh, he yeah. hasn't brought. Uh, well, I, I had nothing that was on message. We could. Oh, I could have sorted that out. I've only got the RC Racing TV coat that doesn't conflict with anyone else. Right. And that's uh, a big, ba- big baby, that, that is. Who that cares? We can, that we can handle. Listen, if it's pouring down a rain, you just got to keep keep dry. Uh, big weekend of, of racing, Jeremy. Lots of it on RS2. Imza Radio. This is an event that we always look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. And not just and, for the uh, main race, either. No, because it's 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 just a, it's a carnival atmosphere, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? I mean, there's always a great, great crowd. Lots of campers here. Just a great atmosphere around the place as well. So, yeah, super excited. I'll let you get back yep. to share in there, both. Jeremy Shaw, great fun. No, and, and if you if you're in England, the the, the two USA scores oh, yes. boys, Colin Mullen and Jake Craig, they're going to be racing actually this weekend. Are they? The final round of the British Formula Ford Championship is at Donington Park. I think it's part of the TCR package, actually, isn't it? Their, yeah. their final rounds this Did weekend at Donington Park, so they're going to be getting a bit of practice in this weekend. The two red, white, and blue cars. Is that is that before the festival and the Walter Hayes? Yeah. So f- the festival's next weekend, right? Uh, Brands Hatch, Ooh, and then the Walter Hayes Trophy itself. So two weeks weeks after yeah. that so they're just getting in real practice this weekend to get ready for next and i haven't had the uh, pep talk yet but <laughs> they're, 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 it's just get get them in tune with the race they're not, they're not going to try out and win anything I, what you doing next weekend Dick? Uh, see you at brown's hatch yeah, well, i well, could be there might be the last outing of the year for the motorcycles mate it's how about dry. we take the bikes if down it's finally dry yeah Otherwise, let's take the classics down. It'll be 968. Well, be it, has to be, it has to be drier for the Triumph than it does for the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> TR4A. Yeah, good man. All yeah. Right. Good man. Thank good you, man. Jeremy. Thanks so much, guys. Have a uh, have, uh, have fun. Good, good to see you here again, Nick, Thanks, and uh, we'll be uh, talking to you very, very I'm soon. I'm disappointed because I think I'm sure the last time I was here, you were racing one of the supports. He was. Oh, he did the, the Jetta race. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I loved that. We called that. It was fun. brilliant. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Wish I was out there now. Missing <laughs> it. Particularly when it's dumb. I know. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Jeremy Shaw will be part of our RS2 IMSA Radio team uh, for the rest of the week. Just under half an hour to go on this special edition of Midweek Motorsport. This is, we're packing a lot in tonight. We are. I know. We really are. What would you, uh, what would you like to, uh, to focus on next? Well, less than two weeks after his 17th birthday. Right. Can you guess where this is going? Is it a BRDC young driver? No. Is it someone who's all his life wanted wanted to drive for somebody? No. Okay, go for it. Ever since I was a small boy? He still is a small boy. Right. (laughs) Uh, Oliver Solberg. Is he related by any chance? He's son of. Yes. 
yes, has off. won the 2018 Rally X or Rally Cross, depending on how you want to say it. Nordic Rally uh, Cross, presented by Cooper Tyres Championship. Right. right. Uh, he Does that make him the youngest of winner of something ever? No. In the history of ever? <laughs> right. Uh, TM. He did it in front of 7,700 spectators. <laughs> well, that's... Was that the biggest crowd for a small boy winning ever? Including <laughs> in his ever? father. Uh, so not 7,700 paying spectators then? No. 7,700 uh, unpaid and Petters And uh, finished four points clear of uh, main championship rival Oliver Erickson, who's also son of... Marcus. No. No, different spelling. <laughs> which which Ericsson is son of? Uh, the famous Rallycross Ericsson. Uh, okay. I assume we were talking about the other week. Yes, the Olsbergs one. Yes, uh, the Olsbergs uh, one, right. where we talked about right. the machinations of, uh, of, other of the Erickson. other Ericsson. Yeah. No relation. It's not Martin, no relation. Sh- it's not Martin Shanker or Will Gollop. I'm not really interested, to be honest. <laughs> Great, by the way, a great thread on the Midweek Motorsport Listeners Collective on, uh, on Facebook about the Brands Hatch Rallycross circuit. Yes, the I, different I enjoyed reading that. I know you were involved. But which way did it go and when? Yes. Because I remember, obviously, the original ones in, well, well, they weren't in black and white. I was watching in black and white. <laughs> it felt <laughs> we, like it was. And then, of course, the, the later iteration, which was, what, 10, 15 years ago? It was a bit longer when they they mm. brought it back. And is it, is it now not happening again, or do they bring it back occasionally still? I think I think it'd be great if they brought it back. I remember Jonathan Palmer winning uh, there in an RS200 on his first oh, outing yeah. in the car. I seem to remember. Happy days. Tim, can we take it to the guest, please? Uh, can I quickly finish this story? Yes, you uh, can. It's incredible to win this title, said Oliver. Three wins from six events is fantastic. It's been an amazing season. Uh, thank you to the entire team for their hard work. I wouldn't be here without them. And the car that he was uh, driving uh, was uh, a very old one that his uh, father had previously uh, raced in. No way. Cross. Was it an Austin princess? It was not a princess. <laughs> no hiring of princesses uh. in uh, Sweden. Oh. You know what it was? They're so posh. It's not the ambassador. Very good. Uh, you're spoiling us. I know. You're listening to <laughs> Midweek exactly Motorsport. <laughs> 20 minutes just over so of the show to go. Nick Galante has joined us. Nick, how are you this afternoon? Splendid. Feeling really good. Ready for this final race of the final race of the season, final race of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Yeah, final race with a manual transmission, too, in the IMSA series. So, Ooh. Yeah, this is, this is that's a historic a gr- moment. That's yeah. a great start. Everything else will be paddle shift from now on. That's right. Will you, miss, will you miss three pedals in a gear shift? I think I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge of uh, having my focus being uh, put in different areas. Right. Yeah. It'll be fun for a little while. It's been a great season. Yeah, you, wonderful. the guys at BMW, and you've, you've done it. I mean, you've just done an, an, an excellent, excellent job. How did your charity fundraising go? Because that was being paid off effectively at uh, WeatherTech Raceway. Laguna Seca, how did that happen, and, and what sort of money did you eventually raise? We have over $100,000 no in that short amount of time. Wow. Yeah. So that's going to, to help people significantly. This is the um, Alzheimer's. Yes, we have uh, uh, the Jim Nance Alzheimer's Foundation, and we also have uh, the UCLA uh, Alzheimer's Project, it, and they're going to help out with that, and uh, <clears throat> we raise over $100,000, and uh, 
yeah, we're still raising more. And thanks to everybody who who was kind enough to nominate their loved ones and put them on the card. That was yeah. that was really nice. And and, and, good, and good people like you, like IMSA, and uh, this this network. You know, getting that word out was really nice. And also your sponsors, because whatever went in, it was doubled and trebled, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So everything was uh, quadrupled. Quadrupled. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's wonderful for people to 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 back that up. What's the situation as far as the championships concerned? Can can you? Chill out a bit, or do you still have to do a bit of work this well, weekend? Well, we got three. We got three things to do. Uh, our first one to win the drivers' championship. I think we need to cross the starting line. Okay. And that would be a minimum of last place points, I think. Okay. So that's that's the first first step. But then we want to win the manufacturers' championship. Yeah. Um, that would be huge for BMW and uh, a great great success. So I think we just need to finish in front of the minis. Right. Or and I see Lewis Pericarpi is coming out to drive this week. Right. That is absolutely outstanding in that's his great final to see. outing and for those guys. They've been fun to race against yeah. all year, and that's great to see. Yeah. Um, also, we want to win the race so because we're in the the BMW Global Trophy. Yes. And so we need we can use it a couple extra points. I'm not sure where we stand in that, but. I think uh, one more win might might be a good thing. Uh, what's the prize of BW Global Trophy? Is it a, a very big trophy in the shape no, of globe? No, because someone who's here won the Porsche version. Rob Renauer didn't he? Yeah, Rob Renauer won that last and year, he, and he got a he got a Porsche. He got a Porsche for the year. So, yeah. So do, you, do you get a BMW or? You know? Probably not. I think <laughs> to me the prize is getting invited to Germany. And, to the night and going to pick up uh, a trophy, whatever yeah. it may be, whatever may go along with it. But just, just all season, being able to race with uh, BMW and the support from them has been wonderful. Team Bimmer World has been great. Have you have you been to BMW's home city before at Munich? No? I've never been overseas. <gasps> Man, the the museum is yeah. extraordinary. Ironically, I went there for an Audi event near the airport and. <laughs> During the time I had off, I went to the BMW Museum. There's yeah. BMW World there, which is free to get in, which is extraordinary in itself. But then the museum, and they had a big mini exhibition on, funny enough, a classic mini exhibition. It's a bit of a, uh, oxymoron. Well, uh, a yeah, big mini. A huge mini, it was. <laughs> it uh, with some huge minis and yes. some small minis. So the new well. ones, and the huge ones, yes, and the old ones. I'll show you some pictures later. Uh. And, and the, the museum building is in the shape of an old BMW motorcycle cylinder head. Oh, wow. Oh. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely worth a go. It's beautiful. What, ha what happens next year then? Next BMW year? don't have a, a TCR car no. as yet. I've so been snooping around. I'm trying to get in that M4 GT4 and racing GS. I've nice. been snooping around. I've been talking to some sponsors. That's a nice piece. we got a little bit more to do, but uh, if we can raise just a tiny bit more money and and uh, get across all our T's and dot and all stay our with I's, the same team? I would love to. I think that's a possibility. But uh, you know how the silly season is, and we're going to shoot for the stars and see where we end up. But so that's GT4, correct? Um, now you know that's a significant step up in in having to raise the money. It's a significant step up in the investment, is it? Well, we want to do it right, and it's not really necessarily money to raise to go race, but just to 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 go and contend for a championship. We want to have uh, have everything well stocked, <laughs> if you would. Uh, yeah. Are you able to just relax a little bit now and sort of look back on the season and enjoy it a bit, or will you do that after the race at the weekend? No, I'm still I'm still in work mode. I haven't punched out yet, haven't clocked out yet. I'm still uh, still in race mode. So yeah, I'll relax. I think I'll relax a little bit after we cross that start line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, still still focused to win this one. And what's the future for that car then? Because th it doesn't have a future in next year's championship, which will become a, a different 
right. championship in terms of its name, but will um, retain uh, a, a lot of, of what we've seen this year. Go out and do some other racing in it, some of the Crevendic yeah. races, maybe do the 24-hour down at Quarter, something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's the, the World Racing League that that car is eligible in. Okay. Uh, that's a, it's a great class. Uh, uh, BMW Car Club events. That's that'd be a perfect track day car for a lot yes. of a lot of gentlemen drivers and uh, well sorted that car. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it, it can definitely it can definitely finish a, a long one if needed. Um, yeah, development on that that James and Tyler Cook and the entire team, Jason Marks and uh, yeah. Dave Simpkins have done with that car. Been unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, will you miss it? I will. I will. I, I miss. I mean, I miss the Porsche from last year. I miss all. I'm gonna miss the entire ST class. Yes. And uh, that's funny because we just had the Rensport reunion at uh, uh, I was there. WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Yes, Seca. I was there. And uh, that's where I live. And uh, they had all the historic races. I I just pictured myself years from now getting invited back and going and racing like a ST race with all the old buddies from. That'd be great. Yeah, wouldn't that? Be, I just picture that. That'd be fun. That'd be great, Nick. Yeah. It's been a great season, and well done on everything you've done for the Alzheimer's Research Charity. Yeah, thank been, you so it's much. It's been great to watch that and. It's important work that's yeah. going on, so good it's, luck for the weekend. It's been really nice to, to give back in the community that takes so much, and, you know, it's it's really nice. Good yeah. good for you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Nick Galante joining us here on a live version of Midweek Motorsport, uh, but not from our usual spot. Well, actually, it is from our usual spot at this time of the year. The rumbling that you can hear are the uh, v 8 engined prototype challenge cars going around the circuit at the moment here at uh, Road Atlanta. And at the moment, it's Kenton Cook who is quickest uh, in the number 28 LMP3, a 127.0. Do you know, I've seen you. these on three continents this year. Uh, yes, you have. <laughs> it tells you how wet it's been. I'm surprised so many people have gone out, mm. if I'm honest, because it is actually well, still very, very... And it's not going to be wet for race day, but it might be wet for qualifying. So right. I was talking okay. to Shay about this very thing earlier before the show, and mm. uh, we were saying how at Bathurst... Uh, on the first day of practice where it was very wet, lots of people didn't go out and then regretted mm. it when it was still wet in yes. qualifying. I know there's, there's various schools of thought on this uh, in terms of whether you risk the car or not. You know, weather forecasters... Well, the risk you take is down to the driver you put in. Well, I, I think you've got to go out. I think Stay off the curbs. Stay off the curves and drive it around because if you do get a splash of rain during a race, particularly during a long race, and your driver's never driven there in the wet before, then you've really, you know, particularly in a pro-am class, you've really put them at a disadvantage. And we've seen, haven't we, Nick, in many forms of racing down through the years, where somebody's out and who isn't comfortable in a car, particularly mm -hmm. when he doesn't drive, you know, if, if it was, for example, me... If it poured down and rain in the middle of a race and I wasn't comfortable in the car, my lap times would fall off at the end of a cliff. That happens. I, like, I love driving in, in wet weather conditions. Um, but, you know, the, the point that I'm making is, is still valid. Mm -hmm. No, I think, I think yeah, I, I would say, especially though I'm sure this is the first time they've been on track a bit of a shakedown, you send them out, you send them out with a, a nice softened setup, a bit more downforce if you can dial some in, and you say, go out and put some laps in it. Check the car moving around. Check the box up, check the box down. Make sure everything's working. See, the, see it's you know, tracking true and everything else as you put it back together again, and then you know, don't push it too much. Let's see where we can get to. Yeah, 75, 80% is all you need. Tim, last 10 minutes. Oh, a little bit more than that, actually. That's 14 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I just realised my watch has stopped when I <laughs> looked at it there. Which one is it? Stops in the future. Uh, uh, it's back to the future. Yeah, it must have stopped much earlier on. Carry on. 
Who is fourth in the all-time list of BSB race winners? Of British Superbike race winners? Yes. Leon Haslam. No. Uh, yeah, all right. How long ago, how long ago are we talking? All-time. Yes, but how long ago did this person become... Is he a current racer or a historical racer? Clearly not. Yes. Oh, really? Well, Shirky. Take a minute. No. Josh Brooks. Really? Yes. 220 really? race starts. So who... Like race starts? Yes. You said race winners. That's what threw him yes. off. 39 right. wins. He's f- right. He's won 39 of 120 starts. It's mm. pretty good. Blimey, okay. Good enough <laughs> Didn't know uh, that at all. to get him a drive at the BYZ Ducati right. team next season. Ride at the BYZ Ducati yeah. team next season alongside Scott Redding. <laughs> Fight to be on. So therefore, confirming the fact we think we discussed last week that um, Shaky himself is not riding next year. Mm. Uh, as we said last at this week, point, that'll be his retirement at forty-one. I'm sure he'll do. He's other had a things. good run, hasn't he? Yeah, he's one. proved himself to be pretty good on the TV coverage. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a spot there for him. Paul Birdman's sport has been the benchmark during much of my time in BSB and has always set the bar very high, said Brooks. With Shaky being my arch-rival, I never really saw myself riding alongside him, but when things changed, it became a real consideration. Although I do wish him a full recovery. (laughs) But not so quick that he just me out of me ride. Yeah, thanks a lot, Shaky. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll have have your bike now, it's fine. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Don't forget, coming up after this show in around about 12 minutes' time, our... uh, not quite the final piece of the jigsaw, but uh, it's our final interview on the road from Monterey to Road Atlanta. You know who it's going to be, uh, but there's some clues in there about which route I took to go across country, and therefore it might inform your guesses My as guess to the mileage. Out. You were miles out. Mi- literally miles out. Miles out. <laughs> you were thousands of miles oh, out. Got it completely wrong. I was like, oh, it must be near it. Oh, right. oh no, it's not. <laughs> uh, hashtag is RRVI for Rensport Reunion 6. RRVI 2, and that's the number 2. PLM for PLM. And uh, get that into at Specutainment or at uh, Radio Le Mans. And we'll pick that off using the hashtag. We're going to leave that open across the weekend and we'll announce the winner next week. And by the way, there'll be some additional clues. More swag. Uh, for swag, yes. yes. For swag, the swag is. Is this it, the swag that I'm bringing back? Yes, possibly. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. You're taking my dirty washing. I'm not giving you oh, any of the swag. No. I'm keeping the swag <laughs> under my control. Uh, the uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the uh, and imagine how dirty it is after three weeks away. Mm. Um, the uh, <laughs> stop it. Um, we'll have some additional clues for you uh, with the Porsche keys to the trip. Uh, During our countdown, Michelin countdown yeah. to green uh, on the Saturday before uh, the WeatherTech race. Right, moving on. Yes. Yes. Can I do the moving other yes. uh, bike story? Yes, of course you can. Uh, and this is the news that a 31-year-old Italian male, who we can't name for legal reasons... Uh, has been found guilty of road homicide uh, in connection with oh, the really? death of Nicky Hayden on uh, May the 17th really? last year. Oh, right. Dear. Why can't he be named for legal reasons? I'm well, not, not, not wishing to name or shame him at all because I'm sure it was an accident, but... Because it's... Did you say he's been charged? No, he's been found guilty. Convicted. 
Right, big. Wow, okay. uh, and s- wow. is uh, due to be sentenced in. Uh, uh, in fact, he has been sentenced as well. He's been given a one-year suspended prison sentence. Right. This is this is the Italian thing that, that everybody's somebody, got, got. Every fatality, someone has to be responsible. There is no such thing as just one of those things, bad luck or an accident. In Italy. One of the reasons we saw some ridiculous charades in the past when drivers been killed in. Uh, motor races and they've, the team spirited itself out of the track before it's even so, or they've been pronounced dead many hours the later to let everyone get out of there. The mm. official accident report attributed 30% of the blame to the car driver and 70% to Hayden himself. That's, you know, d- uh, d- it's an accident. It doesn't, it doesn't need. It's just one. It doesn't no, need. It's, I, I that's agree. not going to give any closure or for any, anybody. For anybody, it's not going to no. give any solace to the family or anything. I, no. just, I mean, I realise I'm not going to criticise another country's judicial system, but that is a difficult thing that that, that rule in Italy, and it's a lot of people and a lot of people have fallen foul of that. Yeah. You listen to Midweek Motorsport. Uh, Tim Gray is up in London. What you got for us, Tim? We're going to go electric. Are we? She's yeah. electric. And not only is she electric, but so is Gary Paffett. Oh! Ever since he was a young boy. And it's not the first time he's raced electric competitively. It's not. No, because he was but at it's RC. It's the first time he's RC. been inside yeah. one. From, pardon? From electric off-road, absolutely. No, no, I used to. I have raced against Gary Paffett. <laughs> well, I've been in the same race as Gary Paffett. Um... <laughs> That's what I say when I'm on the track. No, actually, I think, actually, in fair, I think at that point, he was very young and I was better than him. Really? Yeah, because he was very young. <laughs> really? He's always been a lot yeah, younger yeah. than Nick. What you have really, you know how you may doubt some of my talents in various wheeled machines? I actually did used to be good at RC. <laughs> did you? I used, I used to be, like me being good on a lawnmower. I used to Never be good. Never heard me any Then I got though. old and my reactions were 30 years slower than anyone else. Yes. I know about that from race cars. <laughs> Which I'd started earlier. Uh, so who's he driving for? Puff? He'll be driving for HWA. Who will be Mercedes the following year? Who uh, Maybe will become Mercedes. Mercedes. The no, Mercedes Maybe will Mercedes. be in uh, Formula E in 2019. They've already confirmed that. Whether or not they uh, are taking HWA's place is possibly up for debate, but I think it's very, very likely. What's the last single seater Paffett drove then? Formula he three. Test drive, he yeah, he does a lot of test drive for F1, but competitively actually in a race. He didn't do GP2, GP3 or didn't any of those. No, he did Formula no. 3. Series, did he? Not a lot of F1, F1 testing, but yeah, for F3. Um, I'm just wondering if he ever went to Japan and did any uh, Formula Nippon. Mm, I don't think so, but I'm, I'm I happy don't to be corrected so. on that. I mean, he's been in DTM since... Do you think he'd be more upbeat in the Formula 2003. E? 2003. Mm, he's one of the um, And he did Formula... He did Formula 3000, didn't he? He did one race in Formula 3000. Do you remember oh, that awful brand motorsport team that had him and Nicholas Manassian and disappeared after one race? Very vaguely. Wow. Okay. Um, okay, so good luck to path on that. The reason I say, by the way, Tim, I'm, I'm not doubting that that's what Mercedes have uh, said they're going to do, but I think it's interesting that they're staying one step removed from the operation this year so that they can embrace it if it all goes great and um, stay one step removed if it perhaps doesn't deliver they the were trying to. They were trying to avoid the 
statements that still came out that Mercedes were leaving DTM to go to a Formula E. That's why they left it year in the middle. Mm. It was a complete marketing thing. Even though their Formula E commitment will be 10th, what they're paying for DTM? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. At the most. Again, the they're, they're Assuming they'll leave, of course. Then again, they're throwing 370 million at F1, so... Assuming that they actually do leave DTM. They can't. They've, they're already redistributing all their their drivers around. They're going to vault fast yeah, now, aren't they? 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 they have no more drivers uh, now. So does that mean that there's no DTM next year? Because no, there's a two-team DTM. They've been, and they both committed to provide eight cars this year. But I thought Audi said if there was only two teams, they wouldn't stay. For one year. All ah, right. Okay. And then they're they, saying we want to get somebody else in. Hence the reason they're they're trying to get. Okay. Um, Sorry, I misread that. They're trying to get Aston in, obviously who use Mercedes engines, which is unlikely. But that's but they are searching for this third manufacturer. Unlikely. They've got Nothing in motorsport is certain. However, <laughs> they've got I, all these I, uh, Super GT cars coming along, haven't they? No, they're still not parrots. I mean, or uh, not. Well, they need I hope they do, because I saw them running together. They looked fantastic. They need a manufacturer, and they obviously they're going to start calling the Japanese manufacturers, aren't they? That's what There'll be a Lexus or a Honda or someone like that turning up in DTM and rescuing it from the death that it deserves. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, Tim. I like. I enjoyed going to the DTM meeting last it's year. It's better though, now. It? It's two separate meetings. I thought that was a great idea. It's yeah. great idea when the Renault, Renault free weekend used to do it. Uh, hello to Moni, and I'm not sure where you are. You're, aren't you? You've just travelled through Atlanta yesterday, so I'm not sure where you were on your way to, Moni. But uh, battle power on the computer. On, on route to so, Road Atlanta, possibly. No, 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 no. She was passing through Atlanta on route to something that was. Um, work related rather than race related. But that's uh, ridiculous. Got, got a feeling it might have been Las Vegas actually. If I stretch through. Uh, hello to Laura Donaghy who uh, is offering some insight into uh, uh, a question that the responsible adult that had. Some Women in motorsport was the big story uh, today, which we've managed to really, skirt around. Well, was that was that a deliberate pun? No. Um, and uh, the responsible adult was ask, asking if the picture was different in eSports or sim racing. And it's not. I think it's even more dominated by guys in that. Modly, yeah, they say 50% of gamers are, are, are female. But they're yeah, obviously but not getting in the sports side of things. They're doing no. the other thing. Amazing how many, people, uh, how many um, female gamers there are in other competitive um, games, though. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're very, but not very motor sports. No. But not the most FIFA players, and yes. FIFA players. Yes, from very good uh, FIFA players. Um, yes, um, we, we're going to stay away from the um, that story until um, uh, w- there's been now quite a lot. Well, we'll um, get some people who are Chad. qualified to talk about next it next week. week. Yes, let's let's actually talk to people who are. I'd like more I'd like actually to get David Coulthard on the show I and find out. Mm. No, no, I'd like to get Coulthard on the show because I think there's some questions that need to be asked about. The production, uh, the buying out of people's commercial rights, how much money is going in, how much money is coming out, where the money is coming from, how many years commitment is being made and what kind of commitment will be made to support the winners post the series. Those sort of questions that need to be answered. Uh, and I, was, I mean, again, I'll, I heartily recommend you looking up uh, Pippa Manns. Yes. Uh, um, very important Cockers. tweet you've missed here. Uh, is oh, Johnny uh, as well. Right, I'll have Michael, a look at Michael Denny said, um, how about Hindi's road trip next year being to Le Mans in an Austin princess? <laughs> uh, 
You have all the BLs. I should have all the BLs spares required, which would be a lot. Mm. Let's, let's build. Well, we were looking today. Well, what, well, how about a Vauxhall Viva Las Vegas? No, hang on. <laughs> we were looking today at a 993, Porsche 993 Turbo mm. that is, has a build date of this year. Amazing. Is there enough spare? Are there enough spares to build a brand new Austin Princess? There weren't enough spares to build originally. Okay. Uh, what we've we got to finish off with? Sorry to be really boring, but someone has actually done a ground-up resto of a princess, and it's fantastic. Wow. Well, we're going to finish with the NASCAR. Uh, because, Excellent. Uh, Declan and I spoke last week about what was going to happen to Levine Family Racing, and today they've announced right. what they're going to do next year. They're going to uh, switch to Toyota and put Matt De Benedetto in one of them. Uh, and what's that in? NASCAR. Not well, part of NASCAR. One. The, Not in the cup. The cup. Really? Yes. Okay, fine. Okay, right, good for them. Uh, did st- uh, well, it's a two-year deal for De Benedetto. I started watching the NASCAR on Sunday, and then when I went out for uh, late lunch, early dinner, the bar that I went to wouldn't put the NASCAR on because they were too busy watching football. American football. That, yes, yes. So I didn't see the end of it. I realise it, it is football in this country, but yes. you know, we have an international audience game. Hand egg. Hand egg. Hand egg. They're watching hand egg here. Uh, is, and is that about it, Tim? Uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for, yes. Uh, so a reminder then that RS2 has the coverage from here at Road Atlanta. That's IMSA Radio. Uh, check. There's so much going on this weekend that the only way to actually get the accurate times is to go on to RadioLamont.com and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and uh, all, time all of the three changed. channels... Uh, yeah, yes. All three channels are... Uh, schedules are set up there. Of course, weather, um, series, etc., etc., uh, that all could, uh, all could change. Stay tuned now... Because we have got uh, another episode, it's episode five, isn't it, on the Rensport mm-hmm. reunion to Road Atlanta trip, uh, and that comes up next. My thanks to all of our guests tonight. Thanks for the tweets. That was very good at Specutainment. Uh, and Nick uh, would Jeremy like to Shaw. Say thanks sh- for the profiteroles. Oh, to Jack Chalaski. Thank you, Jack. Indeed. Yes, very good stuff. Hand delivered, you know. Jack, I'm going to find out where you live. See, you, go, you, you come over to the States and you get a, that level of service goes up straight away. Yes, amazing. So <laughs> Nick now does have his own profiterole porter. That's right. That's lovely. Share <laughs> Adam, Jeremy Shaw, Nick and I uh, will be talking to you uh, from Thursday here. We've got other sport on this weekend and lots of it. Johnny Palmer leads the team for the Fuji round of the WEC and it's... Uh, Dana Binks, Ben Constantiris, Joe Bradley and Bruce Jones at Spa for the latest round of the 24-hour series. And it is, it is the deciding round of the European, European part season, of yeah. the season yes. uh, of, of that particular championship. And that is on this weekend as well. So plenty going on from tomorrow right through till the early hours of Sunday morning for those of you in the UK. Check the schedule for details. Tim Gray was our executive producer up in London. There's no time to explain. The Llama is going looking for a raincoat. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.